D in the studio. What's going on, my main man? <laughs> hey guys, it's a it's a <laughs> a, a sunny afternoon here Ooh. in Dunedin. Nine oh one six radio. of all kinds. Sit down and relax. Enjoy the music. Okay, hold on, it's your turn. Jesus, that was like the third time I tried to get to record. In my mother's day. In my mother's day. It should be the mother's day. In my mother's day. day. I used to do the rock and roll. It was on some old ad for like tires or some shit. I swear it was something like, like a Midas ad or something. I can't remember what it was. It might have been a cereal. I just remember it because it was on one of those. I don't know if you kids like your parents would tape things on telly for you onto the like tape v VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. we'd just like have movies on tape, but you get all the ads the for ads, like that yeah. time as well. And there was some ad for something that had that song in it, and it just that's why I knew it. And that's why I had to ask my brother about it in the end because I was like, I know you know what the fuck that song is. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you've heard it. Like, we grew up together listening to that song. Yeah, I remember those ads clearly because we didn't have a remote, so I'd have to get up from the mm. couch, yeah, get up to the VHS, hit the fast forward, yeah. and then you'd see it there. You know, it's like the original vaporwave. <laughs> I was going like, there's that, like, something wholesome about dad getting up from the couch to like, yeah, like you don't have a remote, you have to press it on the VHS machine, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, go back, go back. We've gone like yeah, yeah. two minutes into the movie. You got someone manning it while because you, you can't always have the TV in sight when you're doing. You like, yeah, you're exactly. Or when you like you'd take it up to like the last ad when you knew it would be the last ad before yeah. the movie comes back yes. on and you quickly run to the kitchen like, oh that's the shortland street ad we know yeah, <laughs> yeah. the length of time it's gonna be yeah and there were so many that would like cross over for film, films as well you just yeah. know that particular ad when it comes on mm. that's so funny i feel like i'm only thinking about home alone 2 right now in this mm. context oh well, it is christmas and it's the first day of summer is it that is a christmas a- movie yeah. yes what? I don't know Come if I've on, actually man. seen those films. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they're all Christmas movies. That, all of them. Yeah, yeah. They're all like came out in Christmas. He's at home, you know, because they left him there because they went on a Christmas trip, but they forgot him. They forgot Kevin. You know, the scene where she's like, Kevin, and then faints because she remembers oh, she left him. I, I, I obviously <laughs> have not seen these movies. <laughs> at the airport, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. When it was. Last, when was the last time you guys watched a DVD? A DVD? Yeah. Oh. Oh, a DVD. No, I watched a VHS tape recently with Stacey and Hamish. Oh, Stacey's watched, got a um, VHS player, right? He's got a really good, wow. He's got a really good VHS player and a pretty good collection. There's some... There's definitely a couple it, fucking dusty picks in there. Yeah, I mean, he's got this whole like um, Audrey Hepburn collection. And so, I think everyone's like, these are classics, so they must be good. And then we watched Breakfast at Tiffany's and it was just so not good. It was really like the movie itself, or the like the quality. Oh, everything! Like, <laughs> the characters were terrible. The script and the story made no sense. Like it, every, all the events happened at random times. This is a pretty old film, eh? Yeah, is it like thirties, maybe forties? I've 40s? never. I don't think I've watched anything like that old before. Yeah, well, about, we were th- we went in thinking we're really here for like a classic experience, yeah. you know, and then um, but it was just down. it was just so problematic. I yeah. guess you know there was racism, there was sexism, oh, there really? was like. Terrible dad jokes. Yeah. There was the whole thing. The whole I, suppose, thing. I suppose like when you're not familiar with like the 
because those themes would have been heavily present in those times. Yeah. It was like 1930s. Yeah. Like you sort of forget that in the modern era, like going back to me, like, what, what, what are they talking about? What yeah. are they saying this for? But that's just the reality of like yeah. films in those days. That was just the norm. Yeah. You know? And it is weird learning to take that grain of salt, you know, like yeah, when yeah. you're reading stuff from that time, especially, you know, mm-hmm. like there is just so much marginal content from that era yeah you just have to like oh yeah okay because like what are you going to do about it now you know no it's just and some of it is really good art and you just have to make the decision to exactly just move past it and realize that it's not happening yeah Yeah. like you know that thing isn't made now yeah and it was made then Mm. but i can still enjoy it for what it was but breakfast at tiffany's was just genuinely not that enjoyable yeah well Well, what is it about what's the price of well it's just about this this female and um what, I can't even remember the character's name. See, you know, I can't even remember any of the characters. <laughs> Tiffany, names. right? No, because Tiffany's is the like the jewelry <laughs> store. Oh. Tiffany's is the jewelry store, yeah. and then the, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. the joke is like, you wouldn't go for breakfast at Tiffany's, and then yeah. they do it anyway because she's quirky. You know? See, I'm surprised right. it made it to film because like the book itself is only like sixty pages. Um, I didn't even know there was a book. No. Yeah, it's based off a book, and it's a really good book. Like I love reading those novels from that time because like like all the Fitzgerald Fitzgerald Fitz- G and blah 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 mm. like it's so romantic man i love that shit like the uh you know great gatsby and all that stuff yeah, you know sure. there's just like this cheesy element and do you so like re- that movie is it i haven't like, seen it all oh, right it's yeah. like a like um but the thing of that movie yeah the dicaprio yeah. one yeah i thought it's it was a pretty underwhelming yeah. film to be honest i thought it was visually quite stunning and for sure very yeah. colorful and exciting definitely, um, definitely. but you're right it was like I also can't stand, um, this actually perfectly segues into why I brought up the DVD thing, but um, who's, the, who's the younger guy in, in that film um, that plays the, I think he's being read the story, uh, to- Toby Maguire? Yeah. Oh, no, because I think, wasn't Toby Maguire like his best friend in the film or something like that? He's in the movie though, isn't he? Yeah. No, he is in the movie, definitely. (laughs) Maguire. He is terrible. I really don't like him as an actor. What? Toby Maguire. Are you serious? Sorry, (laughs) Spider-Man. Yes. Those early Spider-Man movies hold a special place. Okay, so this this is what I wanted to talk about. So this is why I brought up the DVD because I watched Spider-Man 3 on DVD last night. Oh, that's the worst choice of them all though. Yeah, you've got to go for the first. I've seen them all. Like I've seen them all, but I watched that's the only one I hadn't seen. I didn't realize I had the DVD sitting there and I was like, Oh sweet! I'm gonna watch that tonight. Yeah, but he just—I think he's a terrible Spider-Man. I'll say that. Mm. I don't know about Tim Baker, <laughs> but he's not a good. He's, his role look, in that movie. When he was lying in his room after being bitten, you know, and the web ejects from his palm on that <laughs> night into the cocaine. I was fully immersed, man. I thought it was like a beautiful capturing of puberty. <laughs> sure, I think I think the, I think the first one is good. Like I think he depicts Peter Parker pretty well in that first film. Like that whole discovering Spider Man. I think that's. And good. then Spider Man Two is obviously like some of the best cinema, fuck ever created. Man, is that the one with the big sound monster? Yeah. I was trying to like I was trying to pull. That's the, the third one, and, like, and that's that's what I realized you were trying to talk to me about the other day because we were talking about the Spider Man films because I'd watched something else and you said something about the Sandman. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, it's in the third one, so I clicked yeah. to that last night. So you went you went wrong. What's going on but, in the second one? Though? Well, the second one's got that Doctor Octopus fella, and um, oh, oh, true, yeah. yeah, that's good. But it's also I think um, I think uh, what Peter. Peter is growing up. He's yeah. got some relationship issues. Right. And then he has trouble with the responsibility of being Spider-Man. And it's, he's got this full character arc and it comes to just a great resolution at the end of the film. Why am I talking about Spider-Man? Too late? <laughs> this, is, uh, this is great. This is Spider-Man exactly 3. Spider-Man 3. Mark this is, you know, we, we can't blame Sam Raimi for the terribleness that is Spider-Man 3 because Sony 
they fully like you know they took the full control over this, this film they're like hey we need we need venom in this movie right but we also need sandman in this movie and then they just shoved a script on him. Yeah. And he had like too a much going on. Oh, there's way too much too, going on. Too, and too invested in too many storylines. I think that they, the original thing was that Sandman was going to be the main enemy. And yeah. he's got a great sort of character arc with him, you know, like just wanting to, what is it, his daughter that needs, he needs the money because she's sick or something. Uh, yeah. 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 And then Venom's just this awful character that's only just implanted into the story. Well, it's so that, unnecessary, right? Um, who's it? Uh... Who's the guy that plays Venom? He's the that? guy from that from the 70s, 70s show. show. Yeah. Um, fuck. What's I his can't name? remember his name. But oh, he is also like I just shocking. think the casting in that film was awful. Oh. The guy that plays the guy that played all the main characters in that, even James Franco, like mm. he can't really act very well in that movie. I just no. thought it was bad. Like that's a terrible character, terrible casting of a character to play Venom. Like as soon like Venom itself was mm. great. Like the animation was like oh sick, this is mm. Venom is finally here. Mm. But once it like reveals back like the, <laughs> yeah. the actor underneath and he starts talking it's like this is not evil just, at all this is the wimpy kid from that 70s show that's all I can think well, it's I just like he hasn't seen trash. it because I always thought it was like you know the shadow self of Toby Maguire oh right. with a black the case? suit yeah. yeah that's what I always thought mm. it's not well, the case no that's another well, that is the that's case. another storyline yeah this movie. The, there's so much there's a meteor that oh, like two venom hits the earth and this this life form this black life form comes out and it attaches itself yeah it attaches itself to Spider-Man's suit so it becomes black and when he wears the black suit, he's like an evil Toby Maguire, yeah, evil so Peter does, Parker. Where does so. James Franco come in? Well, James Franco is already the son of Green Goblin. Yeah, and Green Harry Goblin Osborne. dies in the f- yeah yeah Harry oh, Osborne. And, and the Green Goblin dies in the first film, yeah. and then James Franco's character is is very very angry at Spider Man, who mm. he now knows as Peter Parker, his yeah. best friend, and thinks he killed his dad. So then he becomes the oh, new Green it's all Goblin. Back to me. Yeah yeah. yeah. Oh. It's crazy. Yeah. There's a a one particular scene (laughs) in the third one that um, actually made me laugh when it was supposed to be like a really sad scene is when Peter goes to meet MJ on the bridge and she breaks up with him under like um, Harry Osborne, Jane Franco's order because he's like, I'll kill him otherwise sort of thing. Yeah. And he just he just can't act that scene at all. Like she breaks the news to him, and he just he makes this <laughs> insanely comical face, trying to cry, and I just yeah. couldn't help but laugh at it. I was like, Jesus, dude, yeah. this guy just cannot be Spider Man. Yeah, in my opinion. I no, well, I mean, all of bad. Toby's extreme expressions aren't fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, like, it's that not was his big break, immersive. right? Like, where did he go post? Where well, did he go? I think well, he, yeah. um, Gatsby. Small role. Yeah. He was in that movie sure where he was like a really so. angry, he had like, he was just had anger management problems. I think he was in that movie with, um, oh, that guy that was in um, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. You know the main character from Donnie Darko? Don't know what that is. It's the one with the big rabbit and it was on C4 yeah. and it was terrifying. Yeah. I you'd flick onto it. I know the name, but I don't know. What's that, the main actor's name? Okay, I've never seen Jake Gyllenhaal. He was in a movie. Toby right. Maguire was in a quite a good movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's about these two brothers, and Toby just plays this really angry, dark character. Right. And for me, that was quite traumatizing to see yeah, him in such a contrasting post Spider Man. Well, post Spider Man, and this right. is what I'm talking about. I've grown up. He's grown up. Sure, all grown up, and now he's angry. And I'm like, am I supposed to be angry? I just wonder <laughs> if like the acting at that time period in like mid two thousands is just like it, it is just a bit corny. Like, have they sort of intentionally like cast people like that? Because like watching the newer Spider Man films or any Marvel film, and then going back to those like original ones, like the Fantastic Four and these mm. ones, it is just super corny. And I just oh, yeah. wonder like, is that intentional for the time, well, or is that just actually like, like bad acting? It was that era of Hollywood. You know, because if you watch older film, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, you watch older films and like in emotions that are expressed, it's, there's so much nonchalance, you know, mm-hmm. like the scenes are just dead. And when someone is being expressive, it's just so flat. And mm-hmm. because of that, it feels more poignant watching it back now. Sure. But then in that like 90s, 2000s era of Hollywood, they're like, holy shit, you know, like we get the fucking new york city orchestra yeah. behind this scene and like hit the wide lens closer i don't know you know <laughs> yeah no I you're mean, right yeah it, it probably right. true and um, i just think it, it was a thing of the time yeah and then we quickly I, I got think over it also just <laughs> sounded like a soundboard like, <laughs> 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 hey would you mind passing that lighter and <laughs> where oh Let's this one sorry yeah. here you go and maybe that ashtray as well it's all right What's that happened to the Supreme one? Oh, yeah, it's not like, the Supreme one. Yeah. There's like five of five yeah, extras on the table. A huge variation. <laughs> I had a wee collection there for a while. That's probably my favorite one. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, it's a nice one. I don't know if you actually meant to like is it a butterfly. Keep is your uh, cigarettes in the middle there. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. We took. I think I can't remember who. Or maybe it was Hamish or someone purchased this thing and brought it home. And we were trying to figure out if it was this really fancy bourgeois kind of ashtray for ages. And we've and then. Someone pointed out, it's just an inkwell. And now I keep seeing ashtrays. I'm like, is this an inkwell or an ashtray? Wait, what is an inkwell? Like somewhere that, so like a little thing that holds ink that you put your quill in as well. Oh, and sure, you dip sure. It in and then there's a little place that you right. brush the excess right. of Well, that, ink that actually probably is what that is because that does have a No, I think this is an ashtray. You sure? Because <laughs> what is this? <laughs> this is the problem. You know, uh, I suppose it's not deep enough to actually host any ink. No. Still, I don't know. Might it's aesthetically pleasing nonetheless, hence yeah. why it goes on the table. Correct. Yeah. Uh, one of Abby's lecturers um, at Polytech, or past lecturers, I should say, she's done now, but only wrote with like a um, an ink kind of. God. You don't call it a quill, do <laughs> like you? A calligraphy that, like calligraphy pens. You're sort kidding. Of thing? Yeah, you don't call it a quill, right? Like that's purely Hogwarts. Oh, that's not what I mean when I said you're kidding. I'm, oh. I'm like, <laughs> can this person seriously spend time like grading? A hundred percent. And her handwriting. <laughs> I saw the notes. Like they were absolutely immaculate yeah. and like at the end of every like bit of feedback she'd like write the color of the ink she used so it'd be like oh. uh graded by da 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 color swamp cowdy or something like that seem God, that seems pretentious yeah. as well. oh, i don't know i mean like i could definitely nice, see like, it in like a minimalist using uh, those pens are really nice like i have a couple that i use for um works on paper and they're just really nice like just working with ink pens in general just looks amazing mm. i can see why someone would do it but mm. To, to go that extra mile to do everything else that you're just saying, is that? Is yeah. That I think it's nice. Sense? I mean, you know, you throw the word, I think the word pretentious is thrown around a little bit too much these days. I think if you want to like <clears throat> spend extra time to do something, because that makes you feel good. Sure. Or you can find kind of some sort of calm in doing that thing. Yeah. I suppose I think it's just more professional too you know? as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just looks the part. Yeah. I don't Did know. Did you bring the mic like, a wee bit close to you? Sorry, stop. Yeah, of course. If okay. that's doable. That's all good. There you go. Ooh, there I am. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, Storm. Well, I think almost just like, you know, any sort of rejection of modern technology mm-hmm. is like kind of instantly ascribed with being pretentious, right? You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the case of that, like I, when I think of quill, when someone says a quill, I just think of like a, a feather pin, mm. essentially. Because that's, is that what that is? Or are we just talking about like ink pens with not like the drawing pen? Fountain pen. That's what I use. So maybe I'm not thinking. Yeah, a quill. That's like a quill. As I feel, yeah, fully. You have to keep dipping it. Yeah, Mm. never understood how that works. Like, because how often you like writing a whole like 
I don't know, something on paper, like a whole page worth. Mm. Having, how many times do you have to dip your pen in the ink to like That's keep that thing. going? Like how much does it actually That's retain? The involved. Yeah, mm. I don't know about that. That's it. Admin's pretentious. <laughs> no more That's admin. It. <laughs> That's actually Admin's talking about words that have, have been being overused. I have been re- overusing the word admin. I think, oh, no. like, yeah, if I something's think just a, like a lot of work, like yeah. you have to do a lot of things to get this one thing done. I just say, oh, that's a lot of admin. I think that's pretty common. Mm. I've heard a lot of people say admin. I say admin quite a lot. It's just bizarre because no one said like, oh, that's a lot of administration. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, what did <laughs> like, you no get up to today? It's like, that. okay, I got up and I did this and I did that. It's like, no, I just did, you know, a bit of admin. Bit of admin. Yeah. It's just, it's a cop out, isn't it? It is. What is, what <laughs> is, what is, what is the other word for that? What is a synonym no, for stuff. admin in that context? Errand. <laughs> errands. errands. Yeah. I had a lot of errands yeah. to run. That makes more sense. Whereas admins, you know. It just, it puts it all under the umbrella you yeah know, like. i think i think it covers a wide range of tasks like because because i if i got up to like adjust the curtains or something in here that would be that would be admin i wouldn't say that's an errand like it's just a bit admin to get this sorted you know yeah yeah but what it is overused is yeah we <laughs> what is your shit out here what what are you what is it like an administrator qualified to do in this oh, case you know? i don't even know what that that entails in the workplace and administration administration Oof. All these words like pushing. executive, producer, administration, director, like mm. I feel like there's so many, I don't know much about it, but I feel like there's so many titles <laughs> or so many things that essentially do the same. I like, guess it just all completely depends on the field, right? Yeah. Mm. I always wonder that in movies, like what the difference between a director and a producer and an executive producer and all these other names that they have in films. It's like, mm. what does it actually entail? Obviously, I know now what they mean, but like it all just seems like they're all sort of doing the same stuff, but mm. the amount well, of stuff like, that goes into a movie is. It's a byproduct so. of our time. Like there's so much bureaucracy in like every job now. And I think like I was listening to this thing by this like, he's like a political theorist. His name's like David Graeber, I think. And he's done a lot of research about like bullshit jobs and how like only like 60% of work in contemporary society is like essential work. You know, right. like there's 40% of just an essential paper pushing kind of HR sort of positions out there. Yeah. And you know, yeah. it's weird stuff considering like we're only losing more and more kind of essential work. Mm. To people need to work. You know? Yeah. People need the jobs, man. You have to be able to create random titles like that to mm. at least give someone a sense of like meaning in the workplace as well. Yeah, definitely. Like human the, resources. It's a classic yeah. one. Yeah. yeah like I, exactly. Um, don't want to like, you know, spit any names, but I worked for a car rental company for a few years while I was studying and there was just like a couple of people in the head office um, that I guess they were they were the human resources type but they were basically just running around making sure that there was like water in a certain place or that we had the right kind of desk chairs <laughs> mm. or whatever but they probably got paid like triple what I did yeah well anyone in HR I think gets paid pretty well oh Anything human related, you know, in yeah. that sense, healthcare, anything is going to get paid immensely. Not that that's what that is, but that's, <laughs> that's essentially quite, yeah. quite a lot different to like <laughs> yeah. human resources in a car rental company. <laughs> but yeah. So you're right, though. You're right. Yeah. But anything you, yeah. involved with just direct contact with humans. Yeah, exactly. And their yeah. care. Someone's got to keep up the ergonomics of the yeah. workplace, right? Well, yeah. I guess it kind of creates like an incentive in a workplace as well to like, you know, it creates a ladder that you can climb up, you know, like if sure. there was only like the boss and then essentially like everyone else at yeah. one hierarchical level, then that would be, you yeah. know, such a different 
society. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have levels. Society, but, like society. it depends on depends on the size of the workplace that you're in as well. Because if you are just in like a small business, there probably might not actually be that many people. If you only have like four or five employees, yeah. you probably only do need one person like giving yeah. instruction. You know, otherwise, yeah. if you're working in a big place like I don't know, might a ten mega for a say, <laughs> you, oh, you have so many random people example. like yeah. <laughs> in power. You know, Huge so you can literally go to any number of people before yeah. you can get to even anyone that's even like in your exactly and i think they like they cement like an efficient work module you know and like corporations like require efficiency and kind of just like ticking off all the boxes so i think all those kind of hr and bureaucratic positions like that just kind of like allow those corporations to just keep rolling Mm. you know yeah Yeah. for sure yeah Mm. yeah and as they get larger more departments are required yeah and within those departments are more departments for those departments yeah it's yeah. just it's more human resources just right. never ends yeah where's all the money coming from for <laughs> yeah. these human resources types yeah gosh yeah oh congratulations dean you sung out today thank you thank sounds you sounds really good yeah. i didn't realize that you had um a background i guess in audio engineering are you still are you still studying that or is that something that you have already under your belt um yeah i studied um i, I got like a Got like a few years in with that um, in Auckland. I graduated last year actually um, with in, in audio engineering. Um, and I guess my main thing is well, my 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 main thing was that. And now I'm kind of slipping more into the musician thing. I'm playing with other bands and stuff. Um, it's but, a pretty handy tool to have under your belt. Going yeah, back well, into it means music. that if I want to make my own music, then I can just yeah. do that and not really stress too much about getting a lot of other people involved Definitely. so that it sounds the way I want it to. But I also really like collaboration. So, um, so I still do that. Anyway, yeah. But I, I can, and you can tell once you know that, I don't know if it's just my ears sort of being like realizing that after the fact, but when you know someone's an audio, audio engineer and they've put out music, mm-hmm. you can just be like, yeah, that totally makes sense because listening to your song on like studio monitors and then like listening to on the phone, like there's no difference in sound. Like it sounds amazing oh, just like great. on the Instagram story. And then it sounds amazing on the monitors. It sounds amazing in headphones. And you can just tell that, uh, that person has tweaked well, it like you've just, perfectly. You've relieved me of a huge anxiety. <laughs> case, you know, I am doing it on my own, but I'm also like, that means I don't have anyone else telling me like, you know, that that frequency is sticking out in, in yeah, the system exactly, or whatever. And I'm just exactly. kind of sitting there being like, triple questioning myself exactly. and all my actions. And I, I suppose in that case, you're probably the only one that's really like obsessed with, with that fact, you know, no one's seriously going to go, oh, that's, oh, well, like that's terrible. A thing. You know, you unless it is to, absurdly yeah. like bad. You have to just forget about it and, and think like it, it, it's just music. And yeah. that's mm-hmm. kind of a big realization that I came to this year actually was um that music can, can, can actually sound any way. And um, obviously there's the whole sort of target audience thing with radio and, and um, or even just with music on the internet and particularly streaming and stuff for it to be like a certain loudness sure. so that when people hear it, they're like, oh, this is well done. This is popular, you know, because it sounds loud, it sounds mm. polished. But if you listen to, well, the, like The Fool is a great example of a band that's like culturally massively significant and really like quite popular in, in that sort of underground level. Um, and all of their recordings, like, technically don't actually sound that great. Right. You know what I mean? But it's still great music, and that's and that's fine. It can it can sound any way, and that's yeah. okay. And I yeah. suppose if that's a choice that's being made in the process as well, you kind of have to take that 
with the experience as well yeah. if you know somehow that they yeah. have intentionally you gone can have out of integrity their way to, and, and a, the yeah. creative decision for it to be yeah. like a distorted mm-hmm. thing and for it to be low quality or yeah. lo-fi or and I suppose in some cases for some bands like a lot of where they thrive is in a live performance right so they're sort of saving a bit of that for what they can really exert on the stage as opposed yeah. to in the studio where it's, it yeah. does have to be refined because if it's something really hardcore like if you're playing with a band and it's getting really like intense mm-hmm. I can imagine recording that and having to mix and master that could be pretty like yes annoying <laughs> no you're right so yeah. at least yeah. yeah well i mean a lot of bands i guess do focus on the live aspect and the sound of their live performance being quite different to a recorded version um, it's definitely a thing because as soon as you step up there it's it's all different the way you yeah. play is different for sure know? so yeah. yeah so tell us a wee bit about this track of yours is this it's something you've had in the works for a while or is this something you've just sort of been able to come out recently now that you're not in study um, anymore I kind of I have this thing about wanting to make sure that I have a release every year, um, which came about a few years ago. Um, it's kind of a bit of a stupid pressure I put on myself, but it was nearing the end of the year, and I um I um I joined uh, Marlon's Dreaming mm. this year and um, took on the role of the guitarist for that band, um, and it, it's a lot more work um, than I kind of anticipated, and so I was quite busy with that, and then it's quite a um, big band to to jump into. Yeah, it, yeah, well, yeah. C- compared to any other band yeah. that I've really joined in, <laughs> yeah. in the past, it's like on a bit of a different scale. But um, I, I, we we sort of got back from this tour, and I knew that there was going to be a lot of downtime. And I was like, okay, well, this is it. This is my chance to yeah. to make music. Um, and then I was kind of sitting around in my rooms, kind of just listening to old demos and thinking, like, this isn't this isn't going to happen. I'm just, you know, it was I was getting mad anxiety about it, and mm. it was just like, you know, not getting anywhere. But then I went to Countdown and I bought a plunger. And I bought some coffee because I had $10. Yeah, $10. Yeah, it's great. But I hadn't been drinking coffee for quite a while. Oh, okay. And I started drinking coffee, and I'll tell you, immediately it just started all coming out. Like, oh, it was that's this, so this interesting. caffeine high. And it yeah. was just within a week, I had like four or five songs done. And, you know, I just sat down with Hamish, who also um, has a lot of time on his hands right now. Yeah. And we were just able to record a bunch and get it all done. And it happened super quick. And, um, cool. What was the question? The song, yeah. Um, the song that came out today, what is it about? Um, oh, well, just, just that, uh, yeah, mainly that, what's the process been? And like, yeah. I guess what it is about as well, if it has any sort of sentimental value to you as well. Yeah. Um, well, the process has really just been, yeah, as I said, like working through old demos that have been sitting there for way too long and trying to figure out what I want my music to sound like mm. right now and sort of digging through references of music that I do like right now and um, trying to sort of refine it into a place, but also recognize that I'm recording things in my bedroom, so I have limitations. <laughs> sure. And, um, <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, this is the build up to more stuff you've got coming out this month, is that right? Yeah, so I, I have, um, I, well, I'm planning to release a five track EP um, on the 23rd of December is hopefully the date that, um, that it'll, it'll all be out. Um, I know it wasn't. Get well, the I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, I can't compete with Buble, man. No, it's not Love a. It just emerges when December comes around. He's yeah, just, he's definitely. It's absolutely not Christmas related, other than the time it's coming out. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for the Michael Buble like hyper pop um, <laughs> 2020. I'm going to have to go back and re-record all of this now that you've brought it up. <laughs> I think you should throw at least one on there because then at least yeah. it's played yearly. You're right. right. Yeah. Like, I'll just do a Christmas, Christmas remix. Yeah. So I have like the Christmas edition <laughs> of the same VP that'll come out before Deluxe the actual Christmas EP edition. And, yeah. Seriously, man, you could live off the royalties. You guys seen about a boy? I mean, like, you could yeah. really sit up that island. Yeah, you know, you're right. Make it happen. I'm not familiar yeah. with this. What is it? Uh, it's, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, would you say it's a bad movie D no 
It's not a bad movie. It's a movie. It's, um, <laughs> it's a pretty sentimental one for me, actually. It is a Christmas movie. Though, Mum and I would watch it pretty much every year. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just a uh, Hugh Grant classic kind of uh, English spoof. Uh, yeah. That with a little bit of, you know, like family tension and uh, resonance there. Yeah. I mean, any, any Hugh Grant film's got to be great, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I don't think I've seen this. So it is contract day. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's well, it's based on the novel, isn't it? About a boy. Is oh, it's it a novel. That's what I thought. Maybe. It, oh, maybe. Shit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. I mean, are are writers like the originators, or do you think directors are more like the creative? You know, how many how many movies are there based off books? Like, is it is it more the are the story writers like are the are the writers the real story writers or are the filmmakers the real story writers? Well, I guess it depends because some will take on like both roles. You know, like I think Paul Thomas Anderson's probably a classic example mm. that just like comes up with these wacky screenplays mm-hmm. and then executes them and somehow makes like some of the best movies of our time. You yeah. know, it's it's amazing it how many hats that going from is. writing to directing as well. If you do end up in that field, right? Because like imagine directing your own. I can't imagine a lot of a lot of writers do actually direct their own films because, like, I don't know. I feel like you'd be more in the producer aspect of it. I don't know. I don't know how yeah, that would work. I don't you know, know how the like the producer role even really works in film. Because especially if it's going to be a big film, you'd probably want a proper director who can actually work like a film set to do it. Yeah, and sort of just have well, you next it, right. rather They're than kind of taking like, over the whole thing. They are directing how the whole thing's going to be executed once the thing is written, right? Yeah. But if it's like, as you say, someone someone along the lines of Paul Thomas Anderson, where it's like they've got this whole concept in their head and now they can be on site. Mm. making sure that that's like following along and they can make those creative decisions on the fly and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like a more modern way of doing it. Yeah. I actually, I watched a documentary um, about the making of Magnolia. Have you guys seen Magnolia? I haven't seen it yet. How did you talk about it before though? It's one of his early films and he was like, I don't know, man, he was like 26, you know, and so much money had been poured into this film mm-hmm. and so many like big actors are there and he's just there running around like orchestrating all this shit. He's like two years older than me. It's mm. crazy. It's just absurd. Yeah, like, that's a weird revelation when you find out like someone that you love and admire is like the same age or younger that you are and you're <laughs> yeah. like, fuck, what am I doing with my time? You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also like, you know, not everyone I suppose can can succeed, yeah. which is also sort of a sad thing. But yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, no, yeah. you know he dated Fiona Apple? Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. Some crazy yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about Fiona Apple, but I I can't <laughs> like when I found that out, I was I just couldn't really see the two of them together. I guess. Yeah. She just seems like such an exuberant character and well, he, he with... is pretty exuberant. You should watch that definitely watch that documentary. Okay. The Magnolia documentary. A lot okay. of cocaine. Didn't she work with Karl Marx? I've seen a photo of those two together. Fiona Apple Karl and Karl Marx. Marx, yeah. Man, Karl Marx is long time dead. What yeah. the hell did I see? Some fucking <laughs> like the statue of Karl Marx? No, like, like there was a photo of him like on a keyboard and then like a photo of her on a guitar. <laughs> I know. I was like, what the fuck am I looking at right now? Holy I don't know anything about Karl Marx. How old Karl is Marx, God knows. She would probably be around 33. I think Karl Marx would probably be about 133. Um <laughs> Maybe older. Yeah. I, I obviously don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but she's 43. Okay. Um, 43. But I just I just saw that photo and like I don't know. Maybe it's some <laughs> meme shit that I just yeah, wasn't tuned to, not knowing uh, shit about either. I of think those two I people. think Mark definitely makes his way around the meme circuit. So, um, 
<laughs> not that I, not that I really dabble in meme mm. culture. Just uh, a public disclaimer. I know you follow a Facebook page of some description. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just get flooded with the mail. It's so easy to not be in the meme realm, you know. Yeah. just get posted, especially if you're on social media a lot. Like mm. I get quite hooked to my phone through Instagram, and it's just mm. they're just fucking everywhere. Like mm. you can't help it, you know. Mm. It's going to be something some way. Someone's going to share something at some point. Like, and even if you manage to, you know, shut off all those kind of screens which is showing it to you mm. then you're like every social interaction you jump yeah, into it's so either going to be quote. like in the way people talk yeah. or they're going to be putting the phone in your face mm-hmm. and then you got to pull out the fake laugh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a tricky one and, it, and, and especially like nowadays that we're so deep into it there will be so many references that like you think everyone knows but like the vast majority of what is actually out there is so exponential that like how can you seriously expect anyone to see like the videos that you've seen if you load lots of these videos and photos have like thousands and thousands of Mm, likes like Mm, it really has to have circled around a lot for you really get the reference of anything it's just like it is too much it's crazy it's a weird time we live in you're right it is definitely a weird time (laughs) (laughs) tell me about it yeah Oh, I actually had a question regards the uh, the music video. I saw uh, Yaks and Yetis was in there. Um, yeah, yeah. So was that a was that a sentimental bow well, to the old home? Yeah, that? actually, I, I used to live. Um, my my parents had a cafe above yeah. Yaks and Yetis, and, and and we lived above the cafe. So on the third story, I guess. Um, when I was quite young, I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, my parents always had like different jobs in different places, or. I had like different relatives in different parts of the city, but this is like only places I had either lived in or had relevance with in Dunedin. And there's also like uh, Queenstown and Christchurch and all these other spots. <laughs> so it's pretty ridiculous. But that, that was the whole kind of concept for the, yeah. um, the music video. Um, we, me and Hamish were sitting there listening to it one day and we're like, we should just make a video. I've got a handy cam. It'd be fun to just go out. And I was, we were listening to the way that the sort of rhythm changes in the chorus and mm. we, um, we kind of sorry, about just that. sorry to the listeners. There's a bit of construction work going on outside. I hope that doesn't come through to the mix, but that is bothering me to no end. But so it's, kind of, it's kind of good background ambience. Though. Yeah, it definitely like gets the industrial, industrial vibe. Yeah, hundred percent. No, but um, sorry, Gary. Yeah, the um, yeah, we were kind of just listening to it, and and um, you know, when you kind of have that effect um, in film editing, where you have the character like in one position, and then the the background changes each time. Mm. Sure, but they're like still in the same spot in, mm. the, in the frame. Right. So I haven't like, actually seen the video yet, so I'm relying on. Some. Right. Yeah. Well, we do this thing in the chorus where I'm kind of standing in a, around about the same position, but the background changes each. It's like two beats or something right. like that, and um, each time it sort of changes. It's at a different location that I either grew up in or oh. sort of stayed in or had a friend live in or yeah. anything like that. Um, and yeah, Yaks and Yetis was there. There's just so many different places around the city. Um, mm. Just, you know, friends' houses, family houses. Um, Does it have much to do with the song itself in terms of lyrics? Well, this, the song's called um, yeah, like, um, Big Small Town, which I guess... I don't know. I, I haven't really thought too much about the lyrical content because a lot of the time I don't go in thinking about what I'm going to write about. Sure. Mm-hmm. They kind of just like words until I eventually come up with some sort of cohesive thing. And then I look back again and I'm like, oh, okay, I see where I was sort of going yeah, with that right. idea. Um, but I guess it's kind of in part to do with me moving back to Dunedin this year um, and not having lived here for quite a long time. Um, and I did, I did a portion of high school here and primary school here and I was born here, but sort of lived all over the place as well. So I've got all these different sort of timelines and histories in the city. Um, and it was quite a, 
a big moment for me to be moving back and for it to be like, okay, this is my home again. Mm-hmm. Um, not just like this sort of strange dreamscape that I can sure. come back to and leave again. Yeah. Um, and so maybe the song was something to do with me touching on that for myself and sort of coming to terms with it and yeah, um, any cool. anxieties that I have around that and any memories and things like that. That's um, nice. That's nice to know that before I go into the video now, because I think that's going to add to my experience and, and yeah. that now knowing that little detail about that, that's quite cool. Oh, I hope so. But, yeah. um, I was just going to say, as a, as a listener, I don't I really take a lot in, in terms of lyrics unless there's mm-hmm. like sort of super a blatant yeah. theme happening. Yeah. So I didn't I initially like take in a lot of what was being said in yeah. your song. I was just really just listening to yeah. like how it sounded in terms of like a, uh, an engineering standpoint and right. just like a purely music like instrument standpoint as well which I really enjoyed so oh, I have great. to go back through and sort of Thanks, listen man. yeah but it's a, yeah. like I say like super surprised to because it's actually quite rare again once you know like someone's actually an audio engineer and hearing the music on the phone you can be like mm-hmm. I can hear everything like through my phone <laughs> speakers like this is how it is it's crazy <laughs> well it's only what I would hope to achieve so <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. glad so, I honestly yeah. am um yeah, no, I think I'm the same though when I listen to music for the first time or even listen to like music that I already know quite well and mm. oftentimes don't take in the lyrics. It's yeah. kind of just, um, you know, the words aside, vocals can just be this extra b- melodic yeah. instrument over the top sure. and the words are just sort of different nuances to the sound. If it was mm. like a guitar playing the lead mm. line, it could mm. be like, you know, playing it in different ways or whatever. You don't need to really process the words necessarily yeah totally. and i think that's something nice about listening to music is like if it's a sound that you like and you listen to it more you kind of grow with the lyrics mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. the more you listen to it the more you unpack exactly. and hear. yeah i think i think that's that's yeah definitely true the more that you listen to something you're going to understand because it can actually be quite hard to to listen to the lyrics the mm. first time you listen yeah. like actually like purely listening to that because that can actually can- cancel out other things that are going yeah. on I think like mm-hmm. as a sort of a face value for a song it's purely just like the tones and melodies that are happening rather than yeah. the lyrics you know it's sort of just like a, the completion to the song a lot of the time mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's sort of like a purposefully done so that the focus is more on the instrumentation rather than the vocals it just yeah. sort of ties it in and makes it feel like almost like there is something to listen to in a way like the, yeah, this no, is at least right. my interpretation of music sometimes it's like yeah. if you just listen to an instrument instrumental sometimes you almost feel like you're waiting for something to happen mm-hmm. and that's usually just the vocals so it feels yeah. like it sort of like completes the song yeah. you actually have something written over that mm-hmm. and for a lot of people that's just nothing it's just like any sort of yeah. way that fits into I mean, it that was kind of a big thing that i was thinking about during this whole process as well because i um i'd really really hate singing like <laughs> i don't like it at all that's why i what? never play live with any of this stuff i despise it i hate the sound of my own voice which everyone says like, i hate the sound of my own voice it is a weird experience when you're singing and it's kind of like you've got this expectation of yourself and you want it to sound good on, on your own music and it doesn't and you're like Fuck. yeah but um oh well, no I, hard um, feelings if you don't listen yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and i um and but yeah i kind of just sort sort of came to terms with it and realized that i wanted to sing and i just sort of did it and this is like i found like an opportunity for me to put my voice sort of more in in the forward in the in the mix i guess or yeah. in the song and more of like in yeah. a, a bigger part of it and you, um, have, you have to think like you're the only one that cares about that that's what i mean you know? like no one exactly. everyone else is going to be <clears> like, <throat> like this is amazing you have such exactly. a lovely voice that fits like and that's when it becomes your own right because it's yeah. you, you singing on your song yeah right? so and like, it comes back to what i said earlier about like um you know music can sound any way and it's if it's your own music you're the only one really judging it yeah exactly um, and i think like two way. things about the time like i mean i feel like no one 
goes home with a record and like lies on their floor with like the headphones <laughs> on their Definitely not. Like, hey. No one consumes music. On not often like, enough, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like it's just not how we really engage yeah. with media these days. You yeah. know, like it's always on the go. So there's like less... Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a less intimate relationship. Yeah, yeah. and that, pick and up that on less. L- loosely comes back to sort of the the point I was trying to emphasize with um, saying how good the song sounds on my phone because like that is probably ninety percent of where people are actually going to be listening mm-hmm. to it. It's just scrolling through mm-hmm. and it pops up and they listen yeah. rather than exactly. going oh they've got a track out I'm going to go sit yeah. in my room and turn the music on and experience yeah. this. Granted, some close friends would probably do that, but yeah. that's where most of the people are going to listen. So yeah. if that sounds great, like mm-hmm. you're sweet you know, yeah. Yeah. for the most part. And that also, is a like, sad thing that people don't really listen to music these days. Yeah, yeah. Not that I do listen to music like that and I'm suggesting it, but like that's that's. But just I mean, today's. everyone still listens to music all the time, and the fact that like people can't deal with silence a lot of the time, mm. like in a social situation, there has to yeah. be music on in the background. But yeah. it's that whole thing of like, as you said, like putting on a record, listening to it start to finish, or even not just just actually sitting down and properly taking the whole thing in, in an yeah. intimate environment. Um, I think it still exists, but it's just not as sort of immediate as a thing of importance, you know, for mm-hmm. us to take in music that way. Because I think streaming culture obviously has a huge part of that because it's so like based on playlists and therefore singles yeah. and um, all that stuff. Um, but I mean, I think I think it was, it might've been Ruben Nielsen from- Do you want another beer? Um, oh yes, please. That'd be great. <laughs> Um, I think it was, I think it was Ruben Nielsen from um, Unknown Model Orchestra was to, um, saying in an interview um, when someone was maybe questioning him about sort of the difficulties of making an album when it's this sort of culture now of singles and playlists. And I think he kind of just was saying that it doesn't really matter because music culture will always change and you just have to adapt as a musician and mm. you can make an album and people will listen to that. But for the majority, if it's going to be singles, then just make music that works that way. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, it shouldn't. You know, because people do still listen to music and take it in, and and that's great. It's, I mean, we can sit here and complain all we want about like you know, not buying records and putting headphones <laughs> on and listening in your lounge. Well, that would be stuff. pretentious. It's great. It's a great way to listen to an album. It, it really is. But it's um, I don't think it's it's kind of it might be a little bit detrimental to complain so much. Oh yeah, I mean, like uh, it was typical of the times. You know, yeah. like. I think that was just the entire culture back then. And yeah. I think... Well, it was the way that music was purchased yeah. and like the way that we played it, it wasn't, you know, on yeah. a computer through the internet. You, you was, almost had to do it because yeah. putting a record exactly. on is a, it's admin in itself. <laughs> so it becomes like this task that you yeah. have to do to mm-hmm. listen to the album, right? You can't just like pull it up and, and yeah. play it. You have to go and, and do that. And I think music used to be a social thing, you mm. know? I mean, it was only, I think, you know, once like a like cheap and semi-portable record player could be put in like a teenager's room. That's when it became like an intimate sort of one-on-one yeah, sure. moment for mm-hmm. people to experience music. Yeah. Prior to that, you know, it'd be like a dinner situation yeah. or yeah, something like for that. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I can't remember the last time that I've, I've actually like seen that an album's come out and I say sat down, but, you know, like taking yeah. the time out of what yes. you're doing to actually listen to it back to back, especially if it's supposed to be like a cohesive album because like my main background or like the the majority of the music that i listen to is um hip-hop trap music which a lot of the time artists in there aren't looking to make a cohesive project they're just looking to have bangers after bangers right and so essentially my album listening becomes and within that genre becomes this 
skip until I find the bangers I like yeah. rather than like actually listening back to back because yeah. like it can get so sort of numbing yeah. in that genre just the amount of sort of heavy hitting stuff that you get and it just yes. sort of becomes like this isn't cohesive at all this mm-hmm. is just beat picking and making a, a, a whole body of, of just work rather than yeah. a cohesive thing so I feel like I, I would I would be more inclined to do that take the time to actually listen to a whole album of, I knew it was from an artist or like a friend or someone that I knew it was supposed to be sort of like yeah. a whole thing yeah. intertwined, you know, because that can be a whole another thing in itself. Well, it's but, something I find strange. Like whenever new music comes up for me on YouTube or whatever from someone that I already appreciate, like once it comes out, you know, I don't even listen to the first 45 seconds necessarily. You yeah. know, like you skip forward to like check yeah. the melody and yeah. see if it's going to resonate. Yeah. And then like, if you don't like that first skip forward, you might skip forward a bit more. And yeah. it's such a fucking weird way yeah, to consume. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And Talking it's pretty unnamed. It's the same, like I saw a meme recently that was like, oh, so you, you listened to my new single and it's like this person skipping like, like through this thing and it's something oh, I'm not explaining this meme at all it basically says like oh so you're skimming through the, the, this album that took me like three years to make yeah like yeah right yeah, it's exactly. so true though it's it like is, everyone yeah. does it and it's you know it reminds me of my dad because my dad has um, like he has an interesting amount of Asperger's and when he watches films with the family like he'd be like alright let's watch a movie and then he'll put a movie on and he can't sit through the first bit. He'll skip forward 10 minutes. Really? And then, yeah, so he oh skips to like 10 minutes in. And if he doesn't like that, then he'd be like, ah, and then like skip like another 15 minutes in. Whoa. And you're just sitting yeah. on the couch, you know, like trying to consume it. And he has to like, if there's not like the right level of octane or mood yeah. or like something, I don't know what it is. But how can he perceive for. that without any context? Well, everything I, around I don't that. know what it is he's searching for. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. He, well, you, sometimes you just know with films, like how many times have you started a film and watched like the first 10 minutes and be like, Oh, I know this is going to be bad. Like I, I'm typically one to once I start a movie, I, I have to watch the whole thing. But yeah. there's definitely been a couple of times where I've been like, jeepers, this is not good at all. I really don't want to have to yeah. waste my time watching the rest of this movie. Like it just happens sometimes. Like yeah. bad I just acting. force bad myself life. through and I'm like, I will get something from this yeah. at the end of it, even if it's terrible. Yeah, and I definitely. usually do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think he, he used to, <laughs> <laughs> depends on the genre that you're in. The movie that I did that recently was some terrible, like Spider-Man, 3. Mark Warburg, like family comedy <laughs> oh, thing, yeah, or something yeah. about like yeah. adopting okay. child. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Jesus, this is just like corny yeah. filmmaking. This is not like any sort of mm. art. But like, it's so I, forgetful. Yeah. I'd completely forgotten about that. Even that type of War- Warburg yeah, movie, that type of film. It right. is a type. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's so strange. It's like high budget, but no one watches it. Yeah. sort of thing. There's lots of them out there. Just. <laughs> Because you have like a big actor in the film, yeah. so I mean it's going to be yeah. great, right? And it's yeah. always the same role that they're yeah. playing every time. Exactly. Well, Mark Wahlberg's at a point now where he's just playing Mark Wahlberg in every yeah. film that he's uh, in. That yeah. there's, there's so many actors that are like Ugh. his his. I was going to say discography, um, filmography for Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Like he's in so many fucking films. Yeah. Like, it's not even funny. And he's he's just essentially just like he's either an angry Mark Wahlberg. A family Mark Wahlberg or like a sad Mark Wahlberg. It's <laughs> just there's no photo for me. I have no idea who this you guy is. You don't know is. who Mark uh, Wahlberg is. You know him. Uh, yeah. He recently has, I think he's recently been rocking a goatee. <laughs> My mother so maybe that was just um, a late, the latest be, film poster I saw. Uh, oh God, if I could type it right. He used to be in a hip hop group. Marky Mark in the really something or other. Do you not know what? This? No. Oh my God, we're gonna do a deep dive on Mark Wahlberg right now. But that's that's him there. Now oh, yeah, what do we got? Oh. Sorry, I usually have this on the TV. You Holy know. shit, that guy is shredded. Yeah, he's pretty ripped. 
Sorry, just my charger. Oh, he's in like a space movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he's definitely in a space movie, that's for sure. Damn, he looks like Ziz, man. Have Look you that. seriously not seen this guy before? Uh, Wait, should we pull up a photo of Matthew McConaughey as well, Storm? Because uh, I know you don't know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have forgotten who Matthew McConaughey I'm just not a film guy. I'm not a film mm. guy. But yeah, Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. This was before he was an actor. He was in a hip-hop group. Oh, wow. shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my he goodness. He made music long before he was an actor. Fucking hell. So funny. Marky I don't Mark. know how old he was there, but look at that. Look at that, man. Has to be the early 90s, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that yeah, guy definitely. is shredded. It's not even that bad either. Like it's corny as hell. Like knowing him now and like listening to it, but like it's not, it's not awful music. Like he could, he could, he could perform. I'll give him that. But yeah, what kind of music is it? Is it like rip off like Beastie Boys or yeah, is it like yeah, sort right. of that? Like I don't know. Speaking of which, it's a wide rapper. Wanna, I mean, what can you expect? You guys <laughs> want to try a try a cipher on air? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you got a beat? No. No. We are, no. I'm not here for God, I would last out. like two seconds. If, if Storm starts freestyling, I will actually just leave. I think we all know he's the only one that could freestyle. Why did you guys bring me here? What am I here for? Is this not the intention? You complain about technology. <laughs> that's such a, that's such an art, man. People that could actually do that like, off the top of their head is so crazy. I can get like no the shame, first line. Like, you know, just have no embarrassment. God knows how you rhyme the next like line. <laughs> that's so crazy. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, no, terrible that, suggestion. Yeah. Not in this crowd. The wrong crowd. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I thought Maybe I was... when we, we leave, you can just have like a little solo yeah. section yeah. of the end of the podcast. Right, I think I could do it, guys. I, I don't even know why you're saying this, Ken, because at home, like every morning. True. <laughs> I did have one this morning, actually. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that what? You did? Trash. Yeah. I presume that's why you brought it up. No. Did we have a, What? I had a little... How did we spit this morning? I said some, some random shit. I don't know. I'm usually taking the piss and it's usually in some British accent. I find it's much easier to freestyle when you're in a British accent. Where was that? Was that in the, in the mirror? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I usually say some shit and it just spills into something random. If I'm seriously trying to like make out lyrics on the spot and like use my normal voice or like an American rap voice, yeah. nothing will come out. But as soon as I'm British, I can just <laughs> somehow think of the words to come up next. <laughs> yeah. just, I don't know why. It's just so yeah. much easier to write. Yeah. It's oh, so weird funny. how that changes it. Man, yeah. I, I love British accents. I think they're, they're great. honestly awesome. I love British yeah. culture, period. And like, they're quite varied, you know? Yeah. British accents then, definitely you know? that's that's a weird thing and same with like America like there's so many different accents around yeah. the country and obviously well, New uh, Zealand Britain as well, well right I mean you know yeah especially in getting Aucklander accent and then like in is it that very though what it's I mean there's mild. obviously like She's a quite rural, rural accent like there is in any country but like yeah, there's definitely a roll, rolling the arse we don't type. have like provincial accents like like North London and like South London is different. That's the same city, and they still say that there's like a difference in accent. And that's mm. just a city, right? Like, yeah, but that's that's so subtle though. And usually, that's just how they say like one word or yeah. letter. You know, it's usually not in it in its whole because it would be so hard to distinguish. Oh, yeah. But you can definitely yeah. get, you can definitely determine like a. I don't even know the example. I was going to say a London accent and somewhere else. I'm not familiar with mm -hmm. Britain, but there's definitely like different types of British accents, and there's also like the sort of the. I guess the street talk as well. I don't mm -hmm. know how to really say that, but like people that sort of put it on even more. Yeah. Same with like American rap as well. There's like there's there's like additives to the the accent as well. Mm -hmm. It's not like you put it on a wee bit more because it's part of like the mm -hmm. I don't know, culture, I suppose, to yeah. sort of speak in a certain way. So it gets emphasized and that that can distinguish it a lot more yeah. as well, depending on where you are. It must be like a weird time to be a linguist because, mm -hmm. you know, since we're so globalized, <laughs> yeah. Like, 
we're all picking up on all sorts of accents, you yeah. know, and like mm. slowly integrating them into our vocabulary. I wonder if over time there'll just be like one homogenous accent, like Earth. It's just like earthy and. Well, it seems, I mean, English is the most popular language in the world, right? And that's ever growing. Is that correct? Isn't Chinese? Is that right? What, is that, is Mandarin, that based sorry? on population? Mandarin, really? Because how many, how many oh, countries? Oh, no, I'm definitely wrong. I am 100% sorry. certified wrong. Yeah. I presume it is because most, most um, countries have to learn. Like, I think, isn't it a prerequisite in like China to learn English as a subject? Or in some countries you have to learn I it. I think you might be right. Um, and I feel like it could well be that... Even though, like, um, oh yeah, it's in there. Like, it is English, but Mandarin, Chinese, Hindi, and Spanish are up next, so it's in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, really it, it seems it oh, seems yeah. as though it's heading in that direction. Because how much, how many things, like, are dubbed to English versions of stuff, or like mm. the amount of content that you see. Like, it's. I think that you know that's true when, like, you you know that countries, European countries or Asian countries, listen to like American artists that are all speaking English and they still listen to that music because that's what just mm. based off what American culture mm-hmm. gives us sort of goes everywhere and people consume most of that. Mm. So it would make sense that people know a bit of English to be able to listen to that music and, and films and stuff as well. Like all the big films come out of America, right? Yeah. Apart from like Bollywood and that sort of thing. Yeah. But like that's majority of what people consume, what they want to consume. So I suppose this is just our, our perspective as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, I, we're I, very I, American. This is just my presumption. No, I know what you mean, but yeah. you know, we, we take a lot of America's culture. Yeah, um, for sure. Most of the Western world, but we yeah. couldn't. I guess it's like quite hard to speak for the Eastern world because, like, we just have no idea. Yeah, and also there's probably, obviously, tons of content that they have in the country and the language that they speak that is yeah. there for them. Right? There'd be a that world of things that no we just idea. have no idea because yeah. it's not in our language. So they might have both. Yeah, you know, that's mm. crazy. But I, I feel like it could get to a point. I don't think it will, um, just due to like people's cultures and things but like get to a point where there's all, like a universal language would be insane mm. I, it always amazes me this is something I've thought about quite a lot and I can't get over how like we okay so the, the human population is all over the world people have grown up in different countries so far away from each other but like think about how many languages there are a way of speaking that everyone has been able to come up with on their own to communicate with each other mm. that can be translated to other people's way of thinking. Mm. So in a way, we kind of all have developed like a universal language. Mm. It just mm. has to be depicted, right? Like yeah. to be able sure. to come up with a whole way of speaking that's completely different to someone else on the other side of the world's way of thinking. Mm. And for that to be able to be translated to suit either yeah, or is almost like, well, we've humans have obviously come up for words for things, obviously. Like it's sort of inevitable that you would get to a point where everything is it is crazy. It's been named yeah. something. Well, it's, at some it's point not flawless right? though. Like yeah. there's translational issues. I mean, like that's and the English you language, it. of course, is there's tons of yeah. random things that yeah. happen. In, well, is in sign language. language universal? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it imagine kind of if we could. Be. How annoying would that be? To imagine if we could just maintain like, the, um, you know, all these different dialects based on the history, like the importance of mm. their history, mm. but just have this universal sign language. Mm. Yeah. Go anywhere and that's just That would be pretty language. cool. Like, yeah. Podcasting and probably die, right? I mean, you'd have to come up with some sort <laughs> <Yeah>. of like, <laughs> <laughs> But that, that would actually be super handy because then you, if you, if everyone just learnt that, mm. then yeah. if there ever comes a language barrier, you can just make a sign and Unless you're like, you, mean. you know, amputee. It's so hard to cater to everything. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. You can't, right. th- can't think of everyone, I suppose, no. can you? But still. But yeah, no, I mean, shit. It'd also be probably idea. very hard for people to actually 
not only learn a language, but actually be, to be able to speak a certain language. Mm. Like, there were so many languages that we would have so much trouble actually being able to pronounce some of the sounds and words that they have in their language mm. because they've brought up being able to do it. Yeah. Mm. So it would actually be really hard to yeah. like train a country or a culture to speak in another language when yeah. they perhaps can't even verbally like mm. say some some words. I, I don't know of an yeah. example, but it's definitely stuff that I've heard yeah, that I haven't right. been able to emit those sounds at a part Absolutely. of the And like so many words are just transcribed and don't really take the full meaning of yeah. what it means to another culture. You know, and that's why like when you're reading a book, like which is in English, yeah. sometimes there'll just be like a French word in there. Like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck, man? That's yeah. so annoying. Yeah. But it's, it's meaning something which isn't yeah, exactly. accurately expressed through English language, definitely. you know? Like And if you've ever like pasted something into Google Translate and you've gone from like English to French and then mm. French back to English it like mm. doesn't make sense because yeah. like people's yeah. the way that they actually format the sentences is different as well yeah. words come in different places it doesn't always work back and forth like yeah. a, but pretty, I, a pretty hard thing to, to try and achieve man it'd be such a scary time for that to be your job you know like mm. a um, transcriber <laughs> the pressure what did yeah. you say before a linguist like what does that job entail just the study of languages, so oh, you study just, just, accents yeah, right. and everything like that and the cultural significance sure. behind them. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, like being a transcriber and all these new technologies are coming out all the time, yeah. which are just algorithmically the refining demand. themselves. Sure. Shit, man, you'd be bloody on the UBI. Job. When does it end, Ideally. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is this last beer for me? Yeah, this last beer yeah, for you. Yeah, I think it is. It's all yours. You have a little sure. beer, buddy. Sure. You like yes. that? Right. Yeah. Thanks. You want to crack it into the mic? Oh. <laughs> That's the best part sometimes. It's <laughs> so like gross. hearing that you're like, oh, it is. having some beers. When it's a really hot day and you're really dehydrated, and the first thing you go for is beer. Oh, that's horrible. I reckon it's oh. horrible. <laughs> But it is satisfying so, when you hear that sound. Oh, definitely. And I think I wish you get more water in as well. I personally yeah, like yeah. when someone like opens a drink during a podcast. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just kind of, or even like a lighter, just that yeah. like lighter flick sound. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, he's yeah, fucking really romanticize shit, don't we? You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the best thing to do, though. It's the little thing. That's yeah. exactly it. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, like how good is it coming up? But what other noise could you put in there that would be appealing? I mean, like. In a podcast or just like. In a podcast. Oh, there's probably a number of things. Come on, what's infinite? There's definitely some no, things like, that you know, something that would really trigger like a uh, uh, emotional response. Are we getting into ASMR? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> like a, uh, there's nothing in my my line of rule. sight that I can think. There's definitely. You know, it's obviously just like the sound. Ooh, of <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> I feel like if I started tap dancing right now, that would not. Nah, because it would have to be right into the mic. There's rolling a cigarette. That's a good one. Jeevers. These mics pick up more. Wait, I want to see if I can did. get a tobacco noise, like oh. the noise of tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite damp, though. Just do it right at the front. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> getting all over your shirt. That's right. <laughs> we tried. Yeah. But they are good for that. Nick and Ruben did a wee bit of ASMR on the last one. Really? It was pretty As soon as you're in game. front of a sensitive mic and get really close to it like this, yeah. I feel like you just can get pretty into ASMR. it. You oh, have no choice. There's a spider on the panel behind you. Oh, that's a cute little spider. What, do, what if he makes any noises? That's a cultured spider right there. A you know, hanging in the studio Getting space. Getting that on the 916. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Man, you know what? Not interested in spiders. Not a fan? No, no time for them. When they're that size, I'm interested. Really? Yeah. But as soon as they get like... <laughs> get a job, bro. As soon as they get any bigger than like that. 
Yeah. You know? It just depends where they are, you know. Like if oh, there's yeah. one in my room, I'd be like, mm, sorry, if it, buddy. If it was that size and it's just on your arm. Yeah, you oh, obviously harmless, but yeah, still, still can get <laughs> a bit jumpy. Like, even spiders that are a lot bigger than that, it's still harmless. I think once you get to thumbnail size for me, that's mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, yeah. goodbye. Yeah. Not always like Goodbye to me kill, leaving but, like, the room. Get out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Get in this cafe and get out. Yeah, no, I've yeah. definitely had situations where it's like, I just can't even enter that space because yeah. I know there's a spider in there and that space yeah. might be my room and therefore I might have to sleep on the couch that night and that's yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's an easy solution and the spider doesn't have the to The worst is when up. you've seen one and then they crawl away somewhere and you can't find them again. Oh, that's this is what I'm worst. talking about. Yeah. It could be anywhere. Yeah. And then... Oh. No, don't want that crawling in my mouth. Actually, I did... Um, It's a bit of, bit of a gross story actually, but the other, um, the other night... Um, I did feel something like at the foot of my bed oh, under dear. the blankets and it was, this is in like the middle of the night, it was mm-hmm. like 2am or something and, um, mm-hmm. and I felt something sort of crawling around and I was like, it's just my imagination, this happens all the time, it's n- there's nothing there. <laughs> and then in the morning, there was a, there was a tiny squashed up dead sp- like spider. Oh, in between your toes? Not in between my toes, just in the bed with me. Oh, oh Christ. No. It was just there with yeah. me all night, and I, you know, it just makes yeah, me think all the times that I have felt something immensely uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. Actually, there actually was something. Yeah, no, things in your bed. See, you know, it's problematic and also a privilege to be from New Zealand because mm. you know, like, definitely, no spider is great, but mm-hmm. also everyone that is in New Zealand generally wants to leave New Zealand at some point. Mm-hmm. But there's that great frontier of big spiders to yeah encounter yeah. but imagine moving to new zealand like from australia or some shit yeah. you know and just squashing oh. that fear oh yeah uh, oh well there would be no fear to squash you'd just be used to it right you'd just be like well i can live free yeah it'd be amazing <laughs> um oh yeah that'd be great Karen. thank you just buddy. have a little readjustment occurring yeah, here cheeky little tech guy <laughs> this is where i need to fucking the sound you know. <laughs> right. the boom like <laughs> Uh. Not me. <laughs> I don't want to spend my life adjusting. Storm. Oh my god, that's my voice. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> In my mother. That's what you want to hear. Much better. Oh, and also. You have to do the rock and roll. If you turn to talk to D, you don't get off the mic. There you go. Me and D in the studio, Better? and you're locked in on 9016 so Radio. <laughs> Damn, you have a nice voice, Storm. Uh, you do have a nice voice, Storm. Oh, what? <laughs> Not that sound. Shut up. Will you, will you listen to this back? <gasps> no. You'll have to, surely. No. You absolutely will. Absolutely if I can not. say one thing, when I first, re- like, when I did the first episode for this, listening to this back, or just the first recording period, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh Jesus! What am I doing here? This is awful. <laughs> like, how can I have yeah. so many episodes of yeah. me sounding like this? Yeah. But like after the third or fourth one, like actually listening to like twenty minutes, thirty minutes of myself, I'm like, it's actually not bad. <laughs> like, you actually do get used to it, and it's yeah. actually can be quite pleasant. And I hope the same thing sort of translate to your music. You get to sort of a point where I don't know how you feel now, but like get to a point where you're like, yeah, it makes sense you now. This is me. Probably, you do, do get yeah. more comfortable. Maybe I'll yeah. start yeah. falling asleep to the sound of my own voice. Well, this was yeah. actually the thing with starting off um, in this band, Marlon's Dreaming, this year, is that um, they have like a lot of backing vocal parts. Well, not sure. a lot, but they have a couple of different songs that have backing vocal parts for the um, um, the guitarist to play. And some of them are really, really high, like really, really high. And right. 
I kind of Give came in with yeah. confidence because I was like, I, I, I want this role. I'm yeah. just going to say I can do it. It's like, yeah. I can do backing vocals. Don't you worry. Yeah, done, <laughs> and then it's like, we go to, we go to practice and, and they're like, okay, this is it. I'm like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> but then as soon as you're in a live situation and you've got the speaker in front of you, like the fold back and it's yeah. really loud. And then you, you're playing and you're having a great time. Then you come up to do the part <laughs> and it's just the loudest thing that you can hear. It's shocking. And it's like, it's oh, like you know. You know, like, a you know, a couple of hundred people in front of you. Yeah, yeah. It's just terrifying. It's yeah. the worst thing. So like now that, it's like, I think that's given me confidence to record my own voice and just be yeah, like, okay, because sure. yeah. I can refine it and not just have that, that really immediate and, um, you know, just horrible live experience of singing into a microphone and, you know, having well, it come into a room. Also like subpar vocals, you know, like that kind of came into trend a couple of years ago with Dean Blunt and yeah, all sure. that kind of fucking contemporary yeah, music yeah um so i, I don't know right. i mean like i guess that's opened the alleyway up a bit yeah you know? and i guess yeah, that potentially stems from this. people that like were really good like instrumentalists but mm. like didn't ever really want to or didn't think they could put vocals on so they made the artistic choice to sort of just do it in that way because they can't mm. actually like properly sing and just have that part of like the the feel for it mm. a concept that i'm still like struggling to sort of come to grips with because I, I, I sort of see a lot, like I've heard a lot of Dean Blunt's music and like Eve's Tumor and um, mm. I can't think of other examples, but that sort of genre. Mm. Yeah. And, and I like, I get it. Like mm. I listen to it and I immediately I'm like, okay, I see where this fits and I see what is being tried, what yeah. is they're trying to achieve here. Mm. But to actually like enjoy that music, I haven't really come to grips with it yet because it's, it's such a, such an interesting niche, I think to mm. actually. It's, situational because it can be quite abrasive music yeah but it's um it's i feel like um like abrasive music um i always struggled to find a way to listen to that intimately and, and enjoy in that way but um like abrasive music like that anyway but as soon as it, it comes to a place where you're with um like another person in a car or you're like at a you know in a social gathering or anything like that um it's immediately a lot easier to just take in yeah not yeah really for sure sort of like that's so confronting true, that's or so true. Like, that. mm. like i was in the car today with hamish actually listening to you best tumor and i was like this is great i can actually really enjoy this um what album was it it was the new one mm. um, in that opening track. Um, cool. uh, kerosene? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't start with Kerosene. No. But I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, but you yeah, know, yeah. The, yeah, the opening track on the new album. And it's, oh, um, f Tune is amazing, man. Yeah, it's, not really, it's not what I expected at all, um, mm. but it's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I really like the, yeah, the instrumentation. I hope mm. that that's the right word. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah um, and the, and the, the, his music, f Tune mm -hmm. their music. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, the the vocals I I I just struggle a wee bit with. I just guess it's just a thing I'm not used to, so it's it's hard to sort of really understand that. But I totally get what you're saying in the context of just like a environment where you're not actually like fully listening to the song, mm -hmm. and that's where I found um, Storm when you're playing music in the lounge. A lot of that I really do enjoy, mm. like genuinely enjoy a lot of the stuff you play. It's typically not stuff I listen to, but because it's it's like setting the mood for the room, I'm not really focused on it, but it's there and it's pleasant and, and that's what I like about it. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't think I would ever sit down and listen to a lot of the stuff um, that I hear in the flat, but I, like I, I would for sure, but because it's there, it just it, it adds to it. And also the fact, just another side note, like the fact that you're playing it also like makes me think, well, like not just you specifically, mm. but like if a friend of mine that I admire is playing music, mm. I have a whole nother perception of that song because it's come from them. It's like a, something that they like and I can appreciate that as Definitely. well because they yeah. like it, not just like if I, were, if I was to listen to that on my own, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. Mm. But the fact that someone's presented it to me 
with such enthusiasm or you know it's just that's what they're doing without thinking mm. I can enjoy that as well yeah 100%. I think that's the beauty of music like how your your perceptions of things can ultimately change yeah it really is and also just like you know exposing yourself to a bunch of genres and a bunch of different sounds really makes it easier to tackle music which is yeah. like quote-unquote like abrasive you know mm. like mm-hmm. I feel like post high school listening to a lot of like really shitty field recordings and noise and stuff just yeah. like really like set music at a neutral kind of standard right yeah. and now I feel like I can listen to anything and kind of almost objectively kind of like pick and choose you know but like, you're naturally a great listener to music though that's one thing <laughs> that I definitely know about you is that you have like a very very wide palette and you'll also take anything in like with like a really, really good opinion. Like you could listen to anything and just immediately like have like a really well-formed sort of opinion on, on your ah. your perspective of it, how you, how like why you enjoy it, why you don't enjoy it. Mm. But I think anything you could just take in and find any kind of quality in it. And maybe it is because of these experiences you're describing. Maybe, but, um, yeah. I have listened to way too much music. Yeah. Yeah. But some people naturally just do have that like depth of listening. Not that there's you you have mm. to have a depth no. of listening of to enjoy music, but some people just have that extra sort of length that they hear things at. Yeah. Mm. I definitely see that in New Storm. You definitely have a vast range of, of songs that you listen to. It's quite yeah. Yeah. Int- yeah. Not uh, not intense is not the right word. Quite yeah, I don't know yeah. what the word is. Cultural it's omnivore. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've just never had much like taste in music apart uh, sorry that's not the right word never had much um like i say back to my point before about like mainly listening to hip-hop and trap music that's that's pretty much what i was really drawn to from a younger age and sort of never really branched out like never sort of i don't know it was never in front of me i suppose like other kinds of music so i'm only recently now discovering like where other genres of music can hit Mm. you know and how it feels to me I just, I've never really had that. So like I'm only recently sort of discovering like new genres of music through just like gigs and things. And just like, again, you storm just playing music and being like, Oh, I really like this one. I don't know what it is, but I like it. Mm. I've just sort of had this, I suppose, echo chamber of like hip hop music where I've never really able to actually have anything put in front of me or seen anything else. It's usually like everything else I don't know has pretty much been like presented to me from other people or just, Mm. yeah. Well, I guess it's just like a, it's a great time for cultural expansion you know like because you just have anything you want yeah. at the tip of your fingertips yeah. be it music you have film, to want it though. anything you have to put the energy in to really yeah. like look for it and get it you know oh yes and no though i mean like because there are kind of algorithmic curations which are available to you and like spotify mm. you know the last song Crazy that album that plays like, yeah, but you decide you decide to list to, to use that that tool yeah no and um true. and actually then go in and listen to it in that way mm. that you're actually taking in that new thing mm. and um mm. no that's true that's yeah. when the energy i guess goes mm. i find I, i'm quite lucky that i that i um that i decided to do audio engineering because it means that you have to be really open to working with any kind of genre mm. or any kind of artist yeah um and you have to find a way to enjoy it because if you don't enjoy it it's really hard to work on it definitely um yeah. Like a certain, like there's like a few different artists that I've worked with, um, that I have worked with in the past, where it's, it's just been like really abrasive at first, and then I've had to just find some time to listen to music that they listen to. Yeah, and I'm I'm really lucky for that. I think uh, definitely so just try and definitely. I've I've had a yeah. bit of that sort of talk from Peter Maltino, who's been mm-hmm. on the podcast in the in the past. I'm sure a lot of people know who he is by now. Um, similar sort of thing. You have to really adjust to whoever you've got in the studio. Yeah. And a lot of that comes down to similar to what I was talking about before about like how you can feel a certain way about a song because of like a friend giving it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be just be the same by just like understanding why the artist 
chooses to take mm. this route or mm-hmm. why why they want to take this the direction or the sound yeah. you know because it's like okay well i can i can see that now i can i can perhaps in, immerse myself a bit more into mm. this because of how it's absolutely how I, it's been done. I feel like if i had a vast understanding of audio engineering and how music kind of works sonically um I would maybe find that detrimental to how I listen to music. It is. Because it would yeah. be hard to shut that knowledge out and just absorb right. it from like a blank slate. No, you're totally right. Like while I was studying, I just did not listen to music ever. <laughs> like apart from when I was like recording or mixing or mastering or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if I needed references, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of take that in. But it's so hard to strip back that sort of way of hearing things where you're deconstructing a mix mm. or like mm. you're trying to get a cultural understanding of why that music is that way or whatever. It's Definitely. really hard to just pull, pull away from that. And it can be the same with any art form, you yeah. know, and, yeah. but it's in, in, in a way it's just another way of enjoying it and yeah, certain sure. music can, you can enjoy it for those qualities as well. But it's so hard to shut that out sometimes. Oh, say. Like sometimes so like you, you, you just hear the hi-hats like just once mm. and then, Every time you hear that song, yeah. then on, like that layer is in the forefront. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, uh, another thing, like uh, before this podcast today, Storm, we were listening to some songs in the lounge, just sort of some older stuff and and just talking about how a lot of the, the genre sort of gets, it almost becomes the same in a way. Like there's almost too many people that sort of take on an aesthetic or a style of music and it sort of just all becomes this somewhat bland, like, field or genre of music because so many people are sort of dabbling in it and it just becomes like you sort of just get numb I suppose to the mm-hmm. concept of like a certain type of music like yeah. you know in trap you typically have like a really consistent like sort of hi-hat pattern that's really like present in the mix and you sort of just become like accustomed to it and anyone else that's sort of like coming into their genre and trying to do the same thing mm. it's hard to differentiate that, that sometimes because it all just becomes this, this sort of genre of music and like how do you I guess I guess my point to this is is how do you actually stand out in music anymore? And that's something I said to you well, before. How do you actually like make that your own, or how do you actually come up with something new these days? Because I feel like there's so many people because of the technology that we have in front of us, including streaming and just production in general. Like, how do you actually like mm-hmm. define what it is that you're doing, and how do you make it stand out and not just blend in to anything and well, and get I, that like, outside perspective as well? I often find like, especially with electronic music, like when artists are putting stuff out now it's less of like all right i'm it's less of like a magnum opus of that genre and instead a progression of the genre and it Mm. almost seems like all these albums are just like small leaps forward constantly Mm -hmm. trying to progress past what has become you know the contemporary norm and it's it's weird because now since trends move so much faster Mm because the industry is so saturated and there's so many people doing it and it's so accessible it's moving faster and faster and faster. And I wonder if that kind of gives artists less time to kind of just sit with something and make something that they want to make from mm-hmm. a certain period without that kind of pressure of keeping up yeah. with like, you but know. But also the fear of sticking within one thing and not pushing yeah. limitations, yeah. you know. Is it, is it contentious or cheesy to stick within one genre and be so true to it, you know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, like Tammy Nielsen, the New Zealand artist, is a great example of someone that is sticking with that real kind of like 60s soul mm. sort of thing. And she does the whole outfit and she does the whole, th- her band does the whole thing and mm. it's the whole sound. Um, and you could have the opinion that maybe that's a little bit cheesy because it's uh, maybe it's over the top, but it isn't really because she's really, really good at it and it's mm. great music and it's mm. her music, mm-hmm. even though you can still argue it's just like straight from the past and it's not yeah. really that new. That's but, um, the thing. And, and I think that comes down to the, the artist itself. Like you can, you can always 
try to do something. You can always try to sort of like replicate an era or do something within a certain genre. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be your own because mm. you're going to mm-hmm. take aspects that you like from yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But you're going to find, especially nowadays, just more modern influences yeah. on something to actually really make it your own. Like your 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 own concept of things is is, is sort of ever changing. You're ever always going to be able to sort of twist things, yeah. to tweak, or you're going to like like a like something about it, an old genre, but just didn't like that so much but liked the sound of this other instrument and bring mm. that and there's always going to be something that like defines it it's just it's it's often I think quite subtle and I feel like almost like rejecting like you know the acceleration of modern trends mm. kind of comes out more effective you know like Jessica Pratt has kind of just stayed in that 60s kind of sound mm-hmm. and as a result it's almost like it's not like a rebellion but it sticks out mm. because it yeah. stays within its own realm yeah and like that new Adrian Lecker is that yeah it? yeah yeah you know it's so simplistic yeah and just so removed of error mm-hmm. and because of that it sticks out more yeah I feel. absolutely I think depending on the direction you want to take with music as well yeah go for it um the direction that you want to take with music can also like affect how the music comes out as well. Because like, if you do want to make something that is so unique, you know, you're often trying to find like a a new genre in a a way you're trying to stand out so much that it, excuse me, becomes something so foreign that it can actually be hard for people to understand or like if they're hearing that for the first time and it is so abstract and so different mm. it's going to take a while for you to build that audience if you really want to succeed yeah. with that music you know because yeah. you're going to have to teach people to learn your music in a way rather than as opposed to jumping into a genre that has already been defined mm-hmm. and doing well within that genre is more likely to gain a bit of traction because people know that they like that already and there's someone that someone else that they can add yeah. their repertoire on that'll probably float you through yeah. more. So it just depends on whether you want to be like a, a true creative and that I guess can also just be not even thinking about that and just making mm. things so organically that it doesn't even well, matter. It's just yeah. the sound you wanted to well, produce. I think that's where it's, it's a hard thing between um, sort of market value mm. or appeal to an audience yeah, exactly. between that and um you know just your integrity to being original yeah. whatever people's opinions are or like how marketable your music is exactly. or yeah. you know it's um yeah you have to kind of find a balance and it, d- it depends if you want to be like successful you know successful like, yeah. what does that even really mean like a but, famous um, person yeah. exactly <laughs> but it, um i guess it doesn't really matter right you no. can just kind of do what you do exactly people like it they like it and that and that's that that's really at the end of the day what it is because you just want to make what you want to make. If you if you gain fame from it, then that's just that's just what's happened for you. you know? Yeah, like that's just the, the the direction that it's heading in, and and no one's really gonna like like. There's a lot of um, romanticized um, concepts around being like an yeah. underground artist. Yeah. So like, how do you stay in that way? What if your music gains so much traction that mm-hmm. you you're not going to start turning down big shows, oh, right? Sellouts. Because yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you want to make money, you want to make yeah. a career out of what are you what you're doing. You know, you don't yeah. want to have to say no to big things. Exactly. You want to, but if you want to stay underground, I'll give you take a fresh one out of there, man. Oh, that was one I've had my mouth on. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, you're not going to say no to fame, I presume, unless you're. But that in itself could be something that defines you as an artist turning mm-hmm. down like a big show and staying underground. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing. I don't think you can control your career path. You can't control no. your audience. But like, you can have integrity. And yeah, that's the important part. Yeah, and the rest sure. doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Crikey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Authenticity, know. baby. Yeah. yeah. And, but that's still like, that's still sort of the thing I'm trying to understand. Like, 
authenticity, like how how authentic can you really be? Like, it, am I just like overthinking it? Like, mm-hmm. is is it a concept that is just too? Yeah, well, I of, mean, because how can you be like one just one little thing in, in this bigger conversation that again you and I still were talking about earlier today is in the hip hop SoundCloud rap style genre people just getting face tattoos like that's just a norm now to like sort of gain traction within yourself because like having that aspect about your personality or like your your style of of artist gains traction on a social field because people are so sort of like overwhelmed by the fact that you've gone and got a face tattoo Mm. so that sort of amplifies your your persona within Mm. that genre but like is that is that original you know or are you just Mm. jumping on like another trend you know like I don't know. I, I don't think I know what authenticity is because I don't th- consider like anything that I do to be authentic. Like I, d- I don't consider anything that I do now, anything that I've really had. This is just things that I've seen being done that I want to do again. So I sort of lose grasp of what authenticity mm-hmm. is because I don't think I really ever have any original ideas. So I just, I just struggle to sort of see how someone. It's such a difficult thing to yeah, understand. And it's out, a yeah. bit of a myth, you know, like, because it is just a word yeah. just thrown around. And ultimately, like, we are just byproducts of what we've consumed and mm-hmm. kind of have our own originality to some degree. But it is just an amalgamation of that mm-hmm. to some, like, through different tools or instruments or yeah, mediums. Sure. Yeah. But I think it's like the great paradox of our time for people that you know consider themselves in the creative realm is like there's a yearning for authenticity but that is a paradox you know like yearning to be authentic is inauthentic because it's not an organic and natural process and i think you know because it isn't it just doesn't happen inherently if you're trying to be authentic you're not being authentic right you know by but like the, by the term of authenticity but also least. like if you're if you're trying to achieve someone I'm just I'm just tra- translating this back to myself but like someone that wanted to get into music that didn't really have any background in it like where do you start being authentic because you have to learn how to do something you have to learn where it is you're going to like mm. direction you sort of got to head mm. in a wee where to start from like I don't know I think I think it comes back to just like what what um I don't know twist you can put on something that is already there because I feel like there's so much influence these days. Mm. It's almost hard to not have some sort of, mm. oh, excuse me, beers, <laughs> not great on a podcast. Um, <laughs> have something that's not taken from something else already. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it makes you wonder you know, about the term authenticity in itself. Yeah. And like, I mean, okay, so what do you guys consider authentic? Yeah. I don't even know where to start with that. That's, that's completely that, situational, that's right? The, the question I'm trying to ask yeah. is like, what is that these days? Because you yeah. think about like, um, you know, artwork and but bef- once you sort of left like the the realism and like once ab- abstract art sort of coming mm. into play someone decided that like oh i'm not going to paint a pretty picture i'm just going to slap some paint on here and mm-hmm. this will be art you know that's a pretty groundbreaking like concept mm. i feel like what else is there left to do these days like what is really groundbreaking anymore like i just struggle to sort of figure out how you can be an authentic artist yeah. in today's age without having anything that hasn't already been done you know I think to be authentic, it's not something that you do personally. I think if someone is authentic, it's something that is socially prescribed. So people say that something's authentic. Right. But I don't think an artist would say, my work's authentic. No, necessarily. Sure. No, that's sure. It's not something that happens in your creative process. Yeah, like, for sure. I'm making something authentic because that's inauthentic. Yeah. 
it's people will say, yeah, this shit's so original. Yeah. It's so authentic. You know, yeah, you're totally right. It's a it's a social perception, I think, and people kind of chase after that perception just so they don't bleed into the mass of what everyone else yeah. is kind mm-hmm. of going for. Yeah, and that and that's yeah, that's just your audience, isn't it? Your audience is going to define who you are, not you. You just you just have to make what you're going to make, and I suppose yeah. that mm-hmm. in itself is the authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cracked it. <laughs> <laughs> that was all you, Storm. No, you pretty no. much summed it up in that last point. Quite the linguist. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the uh, Where's the soundboard? <laughs> yeah, I should actually load up some funky stuff on them. I'm yeah. sure there's some random. I don't want to print. I don't want to print. I know there's a sound right button. here. I know there's a sound right here, and I really want to hit it because I can't remember what please it is. But it. I Go please on. hit it. Uh, Nothing. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Zing, and we're back. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> oh, there's there's actually a lot of pre um preloaded sounds on this thing. I just haven't really got around to. Yeah. I mean, who the fuck is I seriously going to use that? If you turn into one of those radio hosts, yeah, definitely. I feel like we have we started recording now. <laughs> this is the start of the podcast. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, I forgot. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be so intense. Like, I can't imagine that like dynamic in this in this podcast realm, like actually being like taking breaks and like playing something yeah. like that and being like, here we are, back with the story. Back with authenticity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the most authentic podcast you'll ever <laughs> no, It's just not a thing, is it? So, Kieran, <laughs> tell I'm us about... a big question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's so insane. I'd really have to do some forethought into that and make some notes for sure. Yeah. It's too intense. Yeah. Yeah. How about we interview you? Should we? Should we put? You know, flip the. I don't, I don't know if this has been much of an interview yeah, no, together, but so, Karen, why did yep. you um decide to start the podcast? What was yeah, the inspiration, on, Karen? What's it about? Well, uh, let me <laughs> let me tell you, D. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I uh, to seriously answer that question. I was just listening to podcasts over lockdown and I just thought it would be a fun little thing to, to start doing here in Dunedin, mm. listening to people have to say, and I think it's turned out really well. Yeah. I'm lucky to have people like yourself on here to be able to talk about stuff like this because this is, I don't know, super interesting stuff to me to be able to not yeah. talk about or, you know, just give people a platform and that yeah. sort of thing. I think it's a great way to meet people, you know, and like yeah. get to know someone. Well, this, you know, I, I mean, really... like this is the second time I've ever talk yeah. to you D or meet a pretty you small rather. interaction yeah this, exactly so. and now I feel like we're best mates you know this is, this is the beauty of this thing. this is this great. is the great I'm thing I'm glad about it. it's mutual yeah, yeah. and it's I barely know you guys you yeah know, but here we are <laughs> we only met a couple of days ago Storm but no, I, I think it's I think it's great what you're doing because there's not really is there even another podcast in Dunedin? I, like I mean, I would I guess if there is, well, you know, but um, <laughs> I imagine there's like there's definitely going to be something about. I don't know, Central Otago schist or something. Yeah, you know, there's going to yeah. be schist chats. I feel like a lot of the podcasts that are in New Zealand are podcasts about New Zealand, you know? Like yeah. A okay. lot of the stuff I've come across is just like, yeah. I don't know, it's usually something political or it's something about like mm. the landscape or people touring around the country just because our tourism industry, yeah. not at the moment obviously, but like is, is fairly large. Like it's something that, that gets talked about a lot. Yeah. I don't actually know of many podcasts in New Zealand. I know there's a guy... Um, I wish I could shout him out if I remember what his name was. But there's a guy, I think, in Wellington that's doing a podcast very similar to this where he's interviewing just artists and creatives and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which I've listened to a couple of episodes, and that's that's pretty cool. Like, I think it's I think it's a 
a great thing to do in terms of just like mm. giving people platforms. Like I, the 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 reason I wanted to to start doing it was not because I wanted like stuff for myself. I just wanted to do exactly this: is just talk to people and like find out more about people's creative process because it helps me sort of in, sure. in the long run and also just like to be able to meet people as well because one of the big things that I've taken from doing this is is just being a, it's actually just helped me socially and yeah. also just also gives me an excuse to like see people as well yeah which is quite cool um just to be able to get someone in here and actually like have a catch up granted it's it's not you know a private sort of engagement mm -hmm. it's immensely public but it's also like well we're here like we're talking about shit yeah. like and it's and i guess you do flow talk differently well. as soon as you're on this sort of platform yeah the exactly. way that you communicate and respond definitely, is, definitely. is entirely different yeah but um maybe maybe it is just in that way that it is just a great platform for people to actually voice things because and, yeah. and talk about that whatever mm. they've got going on because they will properly talk about it and mm. yeah and should I say authentic? <laughs> In a really authentic way. Um, well, it is. I mean, organic yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, this is this just feels like a normal casual conversation, but yeah. it's also at the same time, you know, people are going to be listening back to it, and um, and you do have that in your mind the whole time. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah. I think something that's nice about it is usually when you talk to someone, be it at like a party or a gig, or hopefully not in mm. the supermarket. You know, like <laughs> you're compressed. Like, yeah. Time-wise, yeah. you have up to maybe half an hour, yeah. like at max, you know. Yeah. But here, since I know it's going to be at least an hour long, you know, you get to break past that kind yeah. of bit of feeling insecure about when yeah. you're going to leave. And then you don't jump straight to the normal things like, what have you been up to lately? Yeah, exactly. How yeah. are you? Is, yeah. And we can we'll save that for the end of the just, podcast. So. Yeah. You know, it's dead-end conversation yeah. points, really. Isn't it is dead-end. Yeah. Yeah. Even though dead we all end. do it. Yeah, and, and the thing is most people have the sort of the same stories anyway, right? Or at least like in that environment, if you are at the supermarket and you run into someone, you're not going to tell someone your deepest, darkest problems yeah. then and there, right? Like it's just, you're just always going to say, yeah, good. Well, you I know, feel like, like it's safer. I mean, I tried for a bit to be more ad, like, you know, yeah. charismatic on the, the downtown run-ins. Yeah. It doesn't work, man. Like if you yeah. run into someone at the supermarket and you go like... You got oranges, you know, like it, 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 you just get weird yeah. looks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a strange chill. environment. Yeah, you chill yeah. At the supermarket. The, the beauty of this is is that like I I don't often like if I if I'm meeting someone for the first time, like no offense, Steve, but like if we had met like outside of doing this, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have engaged with you so heavily because mm, no, like, I, not no, that I didn't care. I. It's just like it's that social, it's yeah. that weird social pressure to like really like dive yeah. into someone's like yes. art because it's mm. it can be yeah, quite definitely. intense and like to to yeah. to talk about yourself in that sort of setting can can be quite uncomfortable. Whereas mm -hmm. like here, you know that it's going to be said, and and I'm sort of realizing that like. I should actually do that because I'm actually finding what I was scared of um, socially was just starting conversation with the people. Yeah. And this has made me realize that like, that's so stupid because people have so much to say and people are so interesting. Mm. Just talk to people. And so this, yeah. this is literally forcing me to, to do that. Yeah. Right. That's so I'm, fantastic. I'm, I'm forcing, forcing sounds wrong. Cause it sounds like I don't want to, I do want to like get yes. these things and thoughts and ideas yeah. out of people, but it's so enabling you to do it, enabling yeah. me to, to be able to do that, which is great. Sure. And I've just, I've had the most fun talking to people on this. Yeah. And I just, yeah, oh, it's definitely, great. Definitely. I'd so say exciting. thankful, but like it, it is, it is, I guess all me. And I think yeah. sometimes you need like a medium to actually enact like personal change, you know, like, cause I don't know if you guys find this, but, 
like every week, sometimes like several days a week, I come to these like grand self-realizations and like social realizations. And it's like, oh, holy shit. You know, I've just like figured out what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. yeah. But it never enacts. And it's like, I have this reoccurring epiphany every week. I can relate to that. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess, I don't know, like having a medium to actually enact some of that stuff Mm. on and to let it like flourish in a different environment Mm. outside of your normal day-to-day shit. You know, like maybe that's yeah, that's yeah, great. yeah, some cool stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You definitely find out some some things that you you don't think didn't think that you would find out about someone. And I think some people in this in this environment do do flourish a bit more because they are like not that I've experienced that super heavily, but I feel like a lot of people, given given this environment, given this platform to talk, will be able to just sort of go because they like. They might not have that opportunity outside of their yeah. social environment to, mm. or yeah. sorry, within their social environment to to be able to sort of express things in this way. Mm. And like, I think that's why it's great to talk to artists and musicians because people, people, in some cases, not all, do like to sort of explain things a bit more than than what's presented purely just in the in the art. You know, to be able to sort of refine things a bit more. Like, mm-hmm. already I've learned so much more about your music just based off this. And without this, I don't know if I'd have looked sort of in the same light. Like, mm-hmm. not that I wouldn't have enjoyed it, but just yeah, like I know what you mean. have a whole other interpretation of what yeah. it's around. Like, knowing the artist is so important in how you interpret music. And I think that translates so heavily to your social environment because, like, I've seen so many people share like the video on Instagram, like so many people are posting about it and it's like, well, mm. this is this is so great that like there are people, like you have such a more intimate relationship with the music because you know the person and it just has yeah. a whole other meaning and that's I think where the best like creative flow, I don't know, yeah. stuff comes out no, when you know right. that you, you have know, people that I mean, are there to share it. That's a great segue, Karen, because I was meaning to ask you, dear, regarding your music, because I know for Reverie you uh, did a couple of cassettes yeah, you got any physical plans with no, the, the EP? No, Reverie was special because um, at the time I was like still in high school, and um, I had some friends that were doing jazz school in Christchurch at the time, and they wanted to start up their own cassette-based um, label, uh, and it was really exciting, and it was going to be this thing, and yeah. um, and they did it. They did the whole thing. They um, they did a, like a couple of bands. Uh, I think it was one or two bands from Dunedin. They put out, and they mm. put one from. It could have been like a Canadian artist, maybe, and then and then Reverie was the maybe their first one oh, or the, cool. the second That's one, sick. and it was just so great. They just did everything, um, and I, you know, made the album. And they put it into these little cassettes, and I wish that I had the opportunity to do that again now. So um, but they, it was just kind of given to me, I guess. Yeah, I didn't have to yeah. do anything. They were just really. So excited. Have they stopped? I take it. What was that? Have they stopped? Oh yeah, Free yeah. Kittens Records um, was what it was called, and it yeah. stopped um, maybe at the end of twenty. 16 even mm. potentially well i feel like um, five years ago you know that was like a great thing that people yeah. were doing like band camp was like yeah. really gaining traction it and really shit. was and yeah yeah was there awesome. was this whole thing of band camp labels where ba- you know yeah. all these bands were just being this collective within mm-hmm. band camp and i think that's what band camp is made for right yeah. it's just yeah. this community of indie artists and indie labels working together to like help each other out and make sure that people can have physical copies if they want and it was amazing man yeah and like websites like tiny mixtapes and stuff like yeah. really facilitated that rest yeah piece. absolutely uh, yeah how do you look back on your earlier music now oh i mean i can appreciate it for what it is um so good thank you <laughs> i mean um, particularly with reverie it's kind of like i 
I'm, I'm for a long time I was just like, how the fuck did I do that? And, you know, right. like it's like a like a it's kind of almost a full length album. And I was seven, I was maybe seventeen, and I just I like you know I've tried to do that again since, and it's not really as easy as it was then for some reason. I'm not really sure if it was just like what I was going through at the time, but um and and then from maybe like an audio engineering standpoint, like it's. It's, the sound sucks. Like it's oh, like, really? yeah. Like it's, well, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to work it out, you know. And um, like songs wise, and the whole like sort of concept of how the whole thing flows, I, I think is really cool. Mm. Um, but it just like is quite cringy to listen to for me, just about like with with how terrible it sounds. Um, but no, I love it. See, I that's love so everything. funny though, because I didn't even notice that. You know, like whenever I listen to that, well, it comes back to my point, right? Like it yeah. doesn't actually matter, and I'm the only one yeah, that cares. Exactly. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. I just remember this one time I just put it out, and I'd come down here for a holiday. And Mitchell Innes had just put these huge subs in the back of his tiny like Toyota Starlet. And I was like so sure that I'd mixed it all perfectly and there was no terrible low frequencies or anything. Yeah. And then he put this one song on and the whole car was just almost destroyed oh by God. this low rumble that I just couldn't even perceive on the terrible gear I was using. Uh, yeah. and, um, the car test. Yeah. You've got to take the album out. I mean, a sub is excessive. Especially <laughs> yeah. when you've cr- yeah. got it cranked all the way up. But no, it was shocking. And that really was a lesson learned, I think. Yeah, um, I think I think a lot of car radios and speakers are tuned to have a bit more bass in them anyway I think yeah. well you but lose a lot of it when you're like the car's yeah, moving and yeah. stuff so there's also a point within low frequencies you'll be able to answer this D where, um, where we can't actually hear low frequencies like yeah. there's a point at which we can't actually like yeah. interpret a lot of lower frequencies I think we're so below like 30 30 hertz or yeah. something is where we stop being I, able to I found it. like I, I I dabble mm-hmm. in music on my laptop I've, I've a door that I that I make beats and things on, and I found that like a lot of my earlier beats, again, is in that hip hop trap yeah. sort of stuff, super heavy on the ad. Yeah. It's like mad heavy, yes. and like listening to them at the time I was like, yeah, sick. So I had these big monitors, and I was like, mm-hmm. that sounds great. But now I'm like, I don't know where I'd seen it. Like something about like actually cutting out a lot of a lot of that, and I've been doing that, like actually taking a lot of the low end out. Yeah. Sort of leaving more of it actually like punches harder because yeah. like sort of the <coughs> mid to low frequencies tend to actually sound a bit better. Yeah, well, that's where speakers some... actually like like will react. Like not mm. maybe super high end speakers will be yeah. great in that really really low end area, but um, it's it's like with perceived loudness and stuff like what we actually what technically is loud and what we our ears perceive as loud are, are two very different things. You know, right. um, and anything below maybe like. Oh, maybe it may, or I should say as high as maybe 90 hertz it's just like this really low end like you feel it more than you actually hear it right, right. Um, and it's like where low end energy is and say like a kick drum but it's not actually like you don't you don't hear it as like a, the punch of a kick or anything and that's where as you say those those low mids are crucial and um, if you're like say like it comes back to what we were saying before the podcast with compression and, mm. and stuff like that if you have all this low end information that you can't actually hear as loudly, but it is technically still really loud and decibel level. The compressor will react to that. And sure. That's why it's important to not um, have all that information that you don't actually perceive as loud, but technically is. Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've had a lot of that stuff. Yeah. To learn, having to mix and master a lot of this, I've yeah. had to learn a lot about. Because, like, the first episode that I did for this, um, I perceived it to be loud yeah. within the door and yeah. the headphones I was using at the time. And I thought, okay, that sounds mm-hmm. sweet. Put it out, listen to it in the car, mm-hmm. car test. I had to like have everything on full volume. Yeah. And still like couldn't really hear it properly. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? Like there's there's so much like 
actual yeah yeah perceived loudness and then yeah. actual like live like monitor actual loudness. audio so material in there so that you're not actually picking up yeah. yeah is it like frequency i don't even know how to answer this question but like when you're looking at a at a loudness level a lufs level is it just the amount of frequencies that are happening that are determining that or is it fully just like peaks in the waveform um, that are like determining that like is it just sort of reading like t- negative 22, negative 16? Yeah, well, there's and like, like peak averaging. and then there's RMS, RMS, which is kind of like like the average of, of a sound rather than the peak information. So the big transients in a waveform rather than just the average overall. But LUFS sort of comes more into turn with like with, with compression, how you're turning down these really high big transients and bringing up the quiet information around there. Um, that average sort of loudness is what becomes sort of the main thing rather than just like these sort of peaks and divots right. in, in, in a signal if that makes any sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just yeah <laughs> i don't even I'm, I'm, i myself am struggling to explain it and i yeah yeah well have a degree it seems like <laughs> things like compression in that are actually quite hard to explain even by people who know Very what it is like it's, yeah. it's it's quite interesting i i barely know what it is. Yeah. It's one I, of those things that you kind of work out how to use and you get an understanding in your head and yeah. you can feel yourself using it and it, and it yeah. being right what yeah. you're doing, but to it, then it put it into words is a whole other thing. Yeah. It's and anything. I mean, explaining anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. of course. You know, explaining the way you something paint deep. or, yeah. you know, yeah, pretty much anything. You it's know, yeah. it's really hard because those are like innate <clears throat> actions for yeah. you and innate understandings yeah, and to like sure. vocalize that to someone, how you somehow comprehend something, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, it's and, and with audio, like there is actually a point where you have to have a trained ear to hear certain things because mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of videos of people doing like sound tests mm-hmm. and able being able to pick up on certain frequencies that mm-hmm. are too high or too low. Yeah. You don't actually hear those. You have to actually yeah. like train your ear to hear a certain thing to be able to manipulate. And I think compression is a big thing. We have to really just know when something is compressed yes. or whether something is just louder or quieter. You yeah, know, there's actually a fine line between where you can actually. Interpret. Well, it comes back to what we were talking about before about when, like, for example, when I was studying and I was just spending my whole time listening to the technicalities of a mix and how it's created or whatever. Mm. And then I'd go to listen to some music and be like, oh, there's this one thing around like. 800 hertz that's just sticking out like a whistle and I just can't listen to the song because yeah. it's just right there you know now it's not a bit less of the case but it is you do you do kind of like train yourself to hear things and frequency rather than just music yeah which kind of sucks but it's it's yeah. a good tool yeah for sure I guess though yeah does it does it really interrupt like that immensely we sort of like do, do you ever sort of come to the end product and find like there's still more to be tweaked or like can you ever sort of get to no. finish result and go like right i just have to listen to this for what it is musically now or do you sort of already too picked up on what's uh, involved in the it really depends on how you're working and what it is you're working on but i think it um i don't think there ever really could be an end you could com- mm. you could c- continue to just constantly be sculpting it sculpting it but you can imagine it's like this huge thing of marble and you're just chipping away to make this thing and it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller and you're running out of material right. it's kind of like that mm. but that material is your energy <laughs> like, that material is like your ability to actually hear it objectively yeah. you know um, yeah. It's, yeah definitely it's really really hard and yeah. especially i feel i mean you know and i have no experience whatsoever and you know, uh, technicianship mm. of the sonic qualities. But <laughs> when I go and listen to something I've made, every single time they come and listen, it's different. It sounds yeah. different. Mm. Yeah, there's like true. there's environmental differences yeah. or Just your mood. mental differences. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And then right. I'll like completely change the levels on something, mm. and then I'll go back the next time and be like, "What the fuck?" And then yeah. like, yeah, 
cannot get it back to the same place. Well, so. I, I used to have a process of, um, which I definitely do not do now because it's problematic, but mm. you kind of like make a mix and then bounce it out and then just delete the session <laughs> so that you don't have the chance to go back and change anything whatsoever. I mean, because yeah. when you're working in like a DAW, for instance, and you can just mm. like bounce a track in place that so you can't change anything from there on out, but you can still like sort of change where it is and its mm. level and stuff. But yeah. that's effective. But just, you know, that was my yeah, tool yeah, yeah, in yeah. the past to yeah. just stop, like remove it, the option. You know, yeah, to I, change I can see myself doing something like that. I think that's, that is wise because like you can overdo things as well. Yeah, and it's so absolutely. important to, to take breaks from it mm-hmm. as well like you, 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 you could be mixing something or mastering something for a whole afternoon and then oh, like yeah. be like okay right let, well, let you get, it's and then come back and bit, it oh, really geez. is yeah. your ears do get really tired they do yeah, yeah. something okay. I find advantageous is just like taking the hands off and just before like say I'm just sitting down and I'm going to start working on something just listening to an idea or whatever, whatever I have there but without touching it Mm. while listening to it because mm. it's and so easy when you're there yeah. with your hand on the mouse with a visual representation as well yeah, just seeing exactly. the mix and the arrangement like just yeah. turning your your screen off and yeah. listening to it is, is a, a really really yeah, handy you got to trust your ears eh? yeah. so mm. it's, it's, it's super helpful to be able to see the waveform and what things are actually mm. doing to it mm. and you can have an idea of what you think is supposed to be happening or like what yeah. it should look well, that, like. That's but a it's tool, like, but it's not the music itself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You have exactly. to come back and be like, okay, well, this just sounds good. Yeah. I know it to sound, this is what so, I want. You know, like, numbers can mean something to you. Like, oh, mm. that's a good number, but yeah. it doesn't mean that it actually sounds, exactly. you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a tricky medium. For sure. I'm going to go to the toilet. Is that the timestamp? Where are we up to? Uh, hour 45. Shit. I have to start cooking dinner soon. Yeah, yeah, I see that's cool. Up. Have we been talking for an hour and 45 minutes? Yeah. Technically a bit longer, I guess, since we got here, but still. Here's all go. And I think the thing about, you know, when you're meddling with sound quality, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Please don't give us your advice. What were you going to say about about um, audio engineering? You know, Ariel Pink, like for the majority of his early material, like up until I think his like 2016 stuff, all his drums were just... Really? Yeah, yeah. Because he he lived in an apartment building, um, and was quite nocturnal, so he couldn't record any drums. Yeah. So it was all beatbox, like all his early shit. That's a lot wow. of the classics. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I think the like the vocal drums bring like a whole another element to it, like the Timberland stuff, like beatbox and a lot of that stuff. It had, adds a whole another texture to it, and that's why I tried like making like a drum kit with just like my mouth because it was like these. It just it, it feel like it <laughs> did sounds you, did unique. You get any sales off it? The any cr- sales? Yeah, oh, the I don't know if it's doing too well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, when you go to actually using them, like I was trying too much, I think, to like make them sound like they were actual drums rather than just my mouth, and it just ended up sounding like poos. Yeah, but it's a bit of fun. <laughs> God, I hate that word. I can't handle that word. Poos. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it freaks me out. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've never been comfortable with it. Maybe it's like a. School, it's a weird one thing. to say. And pull, like pull. I don't like saying that word. Pull with the L on the end. No, like shout out to Paul Wiley. <laughs> <sure thing. laughs> <laughs> what? Shout out Paul Wiley. But no, pull, like P O O L. Yeah, going pull. to the pull. Oh, you don't like saying Paul? I just think it's a. F- <laughs> What's wrong with Paul? Pull. Oh, pull. Pull. P O O L. Pull. Swimming pool. Why in a pull? Joel, yeah. it's just a, it's just I just feel like the L on the end of that sounds weird. It's quite difficult to. And I was I had I have Frank Ocean playing in my car at the moment, 
And um, I thought you were about to be like, I had Frank Ocean on the podcast and he was uh, struggling to <laughs> say He was Paul. saying he didn't like Paul either. Though. He kept talking so, uh, about fucking Paul. <laughs> so I guess I'm so, right. <laughs> What's that song on um, Channel Orange? Uh, Sweet Life. Oh, yeah, when he's yeah. like, um, palm trees and pools. Yeah. Every time I try to sing that along in the car, it just sounds weird saying Aww. that for some reason. Palm trees and pools. You could just pools. do it like a censored swear word and just <laughs> not sing that word. Palm trees and... <laughs> we can morph it into something that you like, you know, like, like uh, ocean, uh, palm trees and oceans. It's, it's a bit easier to sing. Palm trees and podcasting. <laughs> Jesus, that's right up your alley, Cam. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, uh, you guys enjoy your beers? Yeah, these BRB XPAs. I think two beers is sweet spot. Oh. Man, two beers. <laughs> it's all you need these. You got a lot of pleasure out of that. Goody, I'll tell you that. Two beers, it can be oily, especially these like IPAs that are like way higher alcohol volume as well. Like it doesn't take much, and also when it's like hot too, mm. that can be enough to like make you feel a bit, ooh, a bit yeah. funny. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I tell you, I've drunk. I've just consumed like my whole body weight and bird dogs. Of the past week. Yeah, it's a good fight. Really? Yeah. Why is that? It's everything. Well, because Sean came came down to visit and we just enable each other to drink way too much beer. And um, <laughs> it's bad because those bird dogs are- They're like they're 7%, heavy, 7% or but something. But they're delicious as well. So, so it's like- delicious. So good. Oh, it's dangerous. Yeah, I went to a um, bird dog wedding on Saturday. A bird dog wedding? What? Yeah, there was a lot of bird dogs. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Is it sponsored? By Emerson's. <laughs> it was an Emerson's gig. Um, so like someone that knew the family worked at Emerson's and they just accumulated so much free alcohol through working there that they oh. catered the whole gig. Goodness. So, and it was crazy, man. It was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you have... It makes it pretty good oh, beer. Oh, God's sake. Oh, he's... I don't know if it's just because it's like local that you sort of perceive it to be better just because it's made here. But I think it is just a generally good beer. Like they just, they didn't, they know what Oh, it's doing. a great beer. Yeah, so good. But it's it's just like you have one pint beer. of bird dog and you're, you're kind of like done, yeah. you know, if you want to be. But then you have two and, you know, you're drunk. You that's know? a lot of beer too, like that's. But two pints, you know, two pints of anything else and you, you're, you're feeling good, but you're not like that level of. You know, yeah. The, the you don't think about how much, like, how many standard drinks is. Well, I suppose it depends on the beer, but like, how many standard drinks are in a pint? You know, like a couple of those. That could is be it like two or two, especially if it's bird pint. dog. Like that's that's a lot of beer. Yeah, it is. Ooh, is that your favorite? That's, that's a lot of poison. Beer. What would you be? What would be your go? You go to drink. Oh, my go to drink. I mean, it really depends on the occasion, does it not? Sure, sure. Um, I haven't really been drinking a lot of it right, like recently, but I actually- what? No, no, no. I, let me Contradiction. Finish. You don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to say that I haven't been drinking a lot of this next thing recently, but I do like red wine. Mm. But- um, That's that's a, a drink I struggle to enjoy. I can't- Like in a social occasion, I feel like it gives me the right kind of buzz. Right. And it's I do like the taste of it. You a lot get, of people don't. Do, yeah, right. That's, that's what- I don't like white wine at all though. Them. White wine is- Oh, yeah, sickly wine. sweet. It's usually the other way around. I just can't stand it. I think I think that used to be the case pre twenty one. No one would drink red wine, and it was a white wine kind of Sauvignon Blanc situation. <laughs> right. Sauvignon Blanc. So you're saying that my opinion is just based upon like <laughs> these sort of social movements? <laughs> well, yeah, the entirety of you. Maybe it just enabled <laughs> me to enjoy red, red wine. wine. Maybe I just didn't before because I was thought everyone just doesn't like it, so therefore I shouldn't. 
And then I realized actually, was like, it something, the uh, sex in the city? Was there something you liked from the get go? I think was it was it actually like, train your palate? maybe I should just try wine. And then I went to the supermarket and this was a while ago, but I saw this, you know, like the whole, it's very daunting looking at all these bottles of wine and the labels are all kind of similar colors. And you're like, oh God, I need to make a good choice, but these prices are ridiculous. <laughs> I need to find something on the bottom shelf. And then the dust, there's this goddamn yellow labeled bottle that just says Wolf Blast. And it's something like thirteen dollars, and it's 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 Thank great wine, and it's thirteen dollars, and it stands out. So it, there's definitely some some stars amongst the the lineup. Yeah, but you what I mean is you walk into Cheap a liquor store and this is the first thing you see because it's bright yellow, and wait what? That's what I was saying. Like this, the the, the labeling on this this red wine is is bright yellow. Oh, on a red wine. Yeah, and yeah, right. It's not the liquid is not. Yeah, bright I was going to say what the hell red. But wine it, it stands out amongst all the others, and I think maybe that. Is what um, pushed me pushed me forward. It's wanting wanting an affordable wine. Yeah, right. And it ends up being yeah. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I've just never been a wine guy. I don't know. I just it's you one have of to look. Six. You have to fucking either grin and bear it or grim and bear it or grit and bear it. Whatever the fucking phrase is. Grin. You, yeah, you just grin. have to. Well, that's interpretive, Karen. <laughs> grit. And um, well, people say that. I've heard people say grit. That makes and bear no it. sense. Like grit your teeth like this. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Sorry, I apologize. Sense. But I think it's to be the grin. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> no, it, it it is. It takes a couple, takes a couple evenings. But you know yeah. what? You'll find yourself forming a relationship with it, and your life won't be the same. Yeah. So if you got a, <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's funny. That is. You could have been describing anything, really. Yeah. Like, give me another example. I'm not. Okay. Uh, asparagus. <laughs> Brussels uh, I mean, ah, asparagus. Topical. Last I, night I had my first asparagus salad after years and years of detesting asparagus. Really? And it was all right. I love asparagus. Asparagus is good. It's great. I've never seen you buy asparagus once, Karen Chroma. Fair enough. I don't buy that often, but I do like it. You know the best way to have asparagus? You put it in a baking tray, a bit of olive oil. Bit of, what did I just say? Olive oil, <laughs> bit of sea salt, bit of garlic. Just mm-hmm. roast it. Mm-hmm. Like straight on the barbecue. Mm. You know, maybe that some, sounds amazing. Some garlic butter. If anyone has a barbecue and is keen on a barbecue, feel free to send in a message to the podcast. Yeah, because we I'd would love to come barbecue all right here. Yeah, it is yeah. the first day of summer today. Fuck, it's, it's the it's first of December. Officially, barbecue season. That is crazy. Yeah. God damn. Where has the year gone? Oh, th- well, can you even count this year? You know. But we Different. keep saying that, like, oh, twenty twenty is a write off. But the, oh, what yeah. has really actually happened this year? It's been a banger. Definitely. It's, it's been huge. It's been a banger in many ways. Like yeah, a, a lot of people bad ways say ways. that it's like been the longest year ever, but I disagree. I think it's been like the shortest year I've ever experienced. Yes. I was talking about this recently, but then um, if you look back to the start of the year, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but if you look back to the start of the year, it feels like centuries ago, right? No. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, nah, for me, it so does. Much feels yeah, recent as hell. Yeah. You didn't even live here. I didn't even live here. Dee didn't even live in Eden. So when did you what move were you down doing here Karen? after lockdown? I moved here in, oh, was it the end of June? I think it was the very end of June. Yeah, I think so. Where were you beforehand? I was in Christchurch for lockdown. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it was great. And um, And before that, I was in Auckland. But yeah, I was going to actually be working in Christchurch and doing the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it just didn't really, I had like a job lined up that didn't work out. And then I, yeah, just sort of moved down here 
and Hamish was like, we need a guitarist. And then it ha- all happened in like a week. It was super quick. My whole that's life so changed awesome, really that's quickly. so lucky. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you wanting to like um, sort of carry on audio engineering into like a career or do you want to just like put it all into music and like have that be your main focus? Like what do you, what do you want to do with your audio engineering side? I don't really know what I want to do, honestly. I kind of just enjoy taking it as it comes, I think. Um, but I mean... At the end of the day, I would like to be doing audio engineering professionally yeah. and, and like, um, you know, working for people and, and working on projects all the time as an audio engineer. But it's just not, it's not really an easy reality to come by. Sure. Um, you know, it's really hard to find work. Yeah. It's, um, it can be quite underpaid and, um, you know, working in a studio, like there's not many studios and when there are studios, it's usually one run by like one guy who does it all. Yeah, right. Um, and that's kind of the, the reality of it. And then right. like live sound is not something that I ever really want to get too seriously into. I've done a few live jobs, but it's just not really my preferred field. But right now I'm just enjoying playing music. Cool. Not that I, I remember this time last year, I was like, I'd love to be in a band, but mm. it's not really the thing for me. And here I am being in a band and it's great. Yeah. I'm loving it. That's cool. Because I think audio engineering as a, as a job sounds like it has so many opportunities for you because the amount of people that are making music and and need people to do like the final touch to the music is probably immensely vast but i I didn't really take into account the fact that you have to if you want actually an actual job like with Mm. you know a label or a studio or something that's that's not as 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 broad um someone i look to that's lucky in that position is Peter, who we mentioned before, Peter Maltina, mm-hmm. having his own studio and being able to basically set up his own stuff and that is is, yeah. is amazing and super lucky to, to have that because yeah. that really is like, like I say, it's something that people need. Like if yeah. you, you can give people thing, something that they, they need to be able to finish yeah. their project. It's, like that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great work, and I admire know. it when people sort of jump into this thing of like, I'm going to have my own studio and, and, and you know, do the grind to make sure that I'm, I'm you know, making a living out of this. Um, but it is really a grind and I think it comes down to already having like a really good community foundation Like you, if you're already in the yeah, scene yeah. and then you start that from there, then people will go to you cause they know you. Definitely. Um, but it is kind of hit and miss, I think. Um, mm. and I still think that, um, I do believe that the amount of people doing audio engineering and, 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 you know, mixing and mastering and stuff is, um, I wouldn't say it's saturated, but with the come of like, um, just software that you can do it at home with and stuff. It's, it's, there's just everyone is doing yeah, it really. Exactly. You can yeah. make your own music at home and that's exactly. fine. Yeah. And, and then like there's things like Lander, for instance, where you yeah. can just, and other algorithms that you can just get things mastered through, which a lot of people go to. Um, yeah, that's good, but it doesn't have that sort of personal touch to the music, right? So it's purely yeah. just an algorithmic, like, I think for some process. genres it's good mm-hmm. um, and, and works fine, but, um, but for a lot of others, you do just need that human touch. Yeah, um, some tweaking in between parts that something like a computer would yeah, pick up, you know. Exactly, yeah. 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 Well, I did, actually did the test. Um, with I did my own test with Lander recently. Um, at the start of this year, I, I mastered a band called um, Melanie, who I used to play drums with in Auckland. They're a pop punk band. Um, and they had a, a new album come out this year that I mastered and um. And I was like, okay, let's just, they want this really loud and really big. So let's just put it through Lander and see what it sounds <laughs> like. And you can get put like one song through for free. And I did that test and it was just ridiculous. Like it was kind of what we were talking about before with all these really low end frequencies. I think um, they, they sort of push those sort of algorithms for um, that sort of, 
more SoundCloud electronic based artists um, because sure. it does work that way. It's very similar sounds um, and certain similar frequency ranges where if it's like guitar music with drums recorded in a room, it can be yeah. so varied. They know their market. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that is probably a big portion of the market that is looking for that tools is people that are just making like beats on their laptop and like singing vocals straight into the laptop that just don't really have like a perhaps musical because like it's sort of almost like I don't know if transcends the right word but like it's also it's like a different byproduct of music mm. right like that whole production like purely through a laptop yeah like without any like even like without any sense like just a laptop making everything there yeah it's sort of a whole nother skill in its own like, yeah it's not right. even really like music apart from like keeping things in key and that sort mm. of thing if you know you're, you're sticking to that uh way of, of making music but like it's a whole nother thing on its own which appeals to so many other people that perhaps aren't even really musicians they just sort of want to make yeah songs you know yeah. so it's it, there's there's so many tools there now for people to do that yeah it's great just make stuff which is which is awesome there's so much music being made yeah and exactly amazing. you yeah. don't need all this money to pay for a studio mm. um if you if you don't want to you can just do it at home and it's it's if, amazing i saw this interesting quote from um ag cook who was like a he's like the pc music guy um and he essentially said like the laptop's just like the modern day guitar like it's mm. essentially just what it is for folk, you know, yeah. like it's the instrument and yeah. anyone, if they want to express themselves can just pick it up yeah. just like you could a guitar back then and mm -hmm. write a song, you know, and it's, it's going to be like, it's really interesting as things become easier mm -hmm. and easier and more accessible for musicians. Like I wonder what the future is and how much original blah, blah, blah mm -hmm. is going to be needed to put into something to make yeah, songs, exactly. you know, cause mm -hmm. I saw like the latest Ableton kind of, I think Ableton 11 update. And it's like, you can just choose your key and then it gives you the option to the entire scale. Instead of like plugging in random MIDI mm -hmm. notes, you can just choose like this crazy kind of like, I don't know, Ionian. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or whatever. And it's just like further automated. You yeah, know? for sure. And there's like more randomizers and things like that yeah, to make your yeah. sound more like, human. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's so bizarre, man. It's yeah. so bizarre. Yeah. So I, see, I still people. think that despite it not seeming like it would be i think there's still humanity and originality in that yeah though, i know? think so as well yeah you would yeah. think that maybe even like being an audio engineer i'd be like oh fuck that i'm, I'm not gonna get <laughs> yeah. a job because of this but it's great you know people mm. like so many more people get to make music mm. and it can still be great and original and i agree it's just 100%. way more accessible yeah you know, it's fantastic it's, i agree yeah i think that's a good way to end it boys Look yeah the two-hour mark <laughs> thank you guys for coming on this was really fun yeah thanks for, um, thanks for having D, us I thought this was a cool idea if you're okay with it to um, perhaps put your new single at the end of the podcast if you want to do that oh, seeing yeah. as this will be released well it's already out today but I thought mm. it might be cool if you're okay with that no that's maybe great the song at the end and maybe you could just sprinkle a couple of my tracks just yeah, throughout right. if, you just, if you just do another background. edit with like an open verse and we'll just get Storm okay. to do a freestyle over that well, well, actually there's yeah, more yeah. to me than my thought <laughs> alright so <laughs> no, so yeah. um, if you you want to send me the the waveform or something like that we can yep. we can put that on the end so cool if you're sticking around folks that are listening you can stick around and hear d's new track yeah cool thanks so much but, Karen. yeah thank yeah. you for coming on thanks, thank you Karen. for having so much interest in coming on that made it all the more enjoyable for you to be here and thanks again uh storm as well for being here too that made a made for a good chat really you guys oh, thanks guys you know yeah. it's, it's good yeah, thank to you, have good people around me good city <laughs> and Keep it locked. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it locked. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>